everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW, that's all Elite Wrestling, news, reviews, and previews. My name's Andy. Sitting across the table from me is Jenny. Hello. And 111 miles to our southwest, fiddling with her gain switch, is <laughs> Megan. Hello. Sorry if I'm coming at you hot. It's more of a dial, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, it's not like an up, on or off. It's like, you gotta get the right style. I, I think I was at 11. Oh, okay, yeah, that's not good. Is that high? That's, yeah, it's higher than it goes. <laughs> um, oh, that's bad. Yeah. Now, we got so much to get into, because there's a big news story, and two dynamites, and, you know, God knows what else. But, before we do any of that, we have to we have to get our minds right, and we do that by indulging in the elite beat pop of the week unfortunately we're not gonna have much of a pop this week this is a screw top wine bottle so i don't really know what kind of noise it's gonna make it's the thought that counts yeah we tried we're uh trying to drink the wine that's been in the fridge for a while so we'll see how this goes this is a you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna crack a seal it'll be fine yeah um, it might is, make a noise, yeah. It might. Yeah. We'll see. This is a Vino Verde from Cooper's Hawk, when we used to be Cooper's Hawk wine members. Oh. <laughs> there we that go. That was so unsatisfying. <laughs> I, I, Twist-off wine bottles are the worst. I heard it, though. Like I heard the, the crack as the seal broke. I've now spilled the wine all over the table as well. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm sad to hear that you're no longer a Cooper's Hawk wine member. You know, we actually, it was pretty good timing with the with the pandemic. We, uh, we canceled like a month before COVID hit. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess a big benefit of that wine club membership, if anybody around a Cooper sock is considering it is being able to go in and get that sweet like free wine tasting or discounted wine tasting it was always whatever great. the deal was yeah that was nice and me as your guest always appreciated that it was heavily discounted well, what do you have this week Megan um I have one of my weekly fr- faves a 19 crimes nice Yes, I think I've spoken about it on the podcast before, so I'll spare you the details. But I do have a cork, so let's see if I can generate some noise. I feel like Jenny's crack is going to outdo me. Here we go. Ah, that's good. Yeah, not bad at all. That was better than my twist off. Eh, I don't know. I feel like you hear more of the, the metal of the wine key that I have because it's so old. It's loose, and you just get that metallic kickback, but... There was a cork, guys. That's all I can say. <laughs> there was well, not on our end. Well, I just want to say cheers to both of you. And uh, let's get into the show right after I taste this uh, Vino Verde. Vino Verde is a Portuguese wine um, made from very young grapes that haven't fully ripened. And it's uh, always... It's never aged. It's just served right away. So it's very, like, fresh, like, kind of um, hits you a little bit type. And it's got just a slight carbonation to it. 
So, before we uh, kind of get into anything, um, like our normal stuff, we got to talk about the COVID outbreak that has finally struck AEW after all these months. Oh no, there's an outbreak? I knew there was a case, but there's an outbreak? So, so yesterday, let me actually pull up the tweet, because there's a tweet from Lance Archer, and his actually may not be related to the outbreak because of what he said, but he kind of got the ball rolling yesterday. Um, he said, when I returned from our last show, a family member was ill when I got home. I found out later a friend who had taken my family member to the vet for our dachshund was COVID positive. While at home, now I've also gotten sick, tested positive. I feel okay. Expect to see me in two weeks. So um, then there was some addition. There was some reporting by uh, John Alba, who is a uh, a Orlando-based um, sports reporter kind of guy. Um, he likes he's but he follows pro wrestling really closely. And he let me see. Let me find his his tweet from yesterday because it kind of sums up the the whole thing. Uh, so this is from this is a joint report from Sean, uh, John Alba and uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. AEW talent have been hit with COVID-19. Fightful, in collaboration with Spectrum, Spectrum Sports 360's John Alba, were able to confirm that multiple wrestlers and talent present at All Elite Wrestling September 9 tapings tested positive for COVID-19 in the two weeks since. We were not told if those tests were separately conducted or if they were conducted and diagnosed at either set of tapings. There, there were others we've heard are ill or showing symptoms, but we're unsure if they've tested positive. Some of the talent involved have been brought in for the last set of AEW dark tapings. Many of those talent are not contracted and can take independent wrestling dates, but are tested before entering Daly's Place for all elite wrestling work. There were numerous wrestlers missing from the September 24th set of tapings, but we will not be identifying anyone that we've heard has COVID-19. Lance Archer identified himself as having COVID-19 shortly before the show started noting that he believes he contracted it from a family member. There was another WWE-related outbreak of COVID-19 associated with their makeshift performance center two weeks ago as well. Um, Alba added the following. Um, Over the last few months, AEW has by far had the most extensive COVID-19 protocols among any wrestling company that chose to run during the pandemic. The conditions of how or where the virus was transmitted is not entirely clear at this time, hoping everyone affected is okay it's entirely plausible talent were kept off this week's show for precautionary reasons and didn't necessarily test positive but we can report there were multiple positive cases in the past couple of weeks involving talent who were present at tapings earlier this month um so here's kind of what i know about this beyond what i've just told you uh young benjamin carter has also tested positive for covid19 oh no not ben yeah uh, Serena Deeb uh, has not tested positive, but she is putting herself into quarantine because she is. She said on Twitter that she has come into contact with someone who was positive. Okay. And Ugh. I don't know for sure if that means at work, but I would guess that means at work. Um, and here's the thing. When pandemic wrestling started back in March, WWE was running and AEW was running. And that was really it in the United States of America. So 
you know, there was a big outbreak in WWE, and I think a lot of it is because of them just being indoors and in close contact with each other. And AEW was able to kind of, you know, go along fine for months and months. But now we have a situation where indies are starting to run outdoor shows and they are not doing COVID testing. They are doing temperature checks. And I think that it makes sense now that it's because they're using a lot of talent who under contract and not who work other indie shows that we're seeing like i'm not surprised that this that this outbreak has happened now now that there are indies back running it makes sense yeah do the wwe people travel as much as the AEW people because i always thought that component was really upsetting with regard to covid they travel more than the AW people because they're now running every show live. Okay. Great. The travel part. The NBA bubble, for better or worse, seems to be really working out. So right. I feel like travel is the component here that sort of makes this terrible. Well, I mean, travel and like just keeping yourself away from places where people are not quarantining and not, you know, being socially distant. And... Yeah, but that would be reduced if you didn't travel. It would be, yes. Mm-hmm. Abso- it absolutely would be. It would be. It would also be reduced if you didn't go work on uh, an indie show in Chicago where nobody's getting tested for COVID. True, yes. Yeah. Which is where Tainara Kanchi, uh, Luchasaurus, there was a few others... There were, there were a handful of people who worked a warrior wrestling show in Chicago last weekend um, who were not on the show last night. And I don't know if they were ever booked to be on the show, but, you know, I feel like you see the Jurassic Express most weeks. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, far be it for me to judge the need to earn money, especially in these times, but Tynara and... Luchasaurus are contracted wrestlers for AEW, so I just feel like if you have a steady income, maybe in a pandemic you make the concession of not taking on other dates. Yeah, or maybe AEW in a pandemic might want to, for the wrestlers who are not full-time I know it's weird because they're all independent contractors but for the ones that would typically yeah I know air quotes um (laughs) would take any jobs to say hey you know what we really don't want our wrestlers taking any jobs during a pandemic because you can bring the disease here we're going to pay you a bonus or you know we're basically going to pay you to not do that I'm sure that the from legality perspective of independent contractor that probably like would throw up red flags but rather than just like expecting your talent to forego the cash like maybe they should be doing something extra to help prevent that yeah I think they're gonna have to think long and hard this week about because because next week, like this week, next week's show is already being, it's steaming tape right now, probably. Um, so they have next week off, and then they'll be back live on October 7th. 
and they're going to have to think about what they're, you know, like every all of their talents. Their first priority is AEW. Um, that's, I mean, that's how this, the contracts are structured. Like you, the AEW gets first priority on all dates, and I think I think you're right, Jenny. I think that they need to make some kind of adjustment and like and and supplement these people's incomes uh, until it's safe for them to go out into the indie world again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they, you know, th- I think legally, Jenny, they could get around it by. I don't know. Like, you're not supposed to dictate when a person works if they're a contractor for you, but does that mean you couldn't say, hey, I will pay you, like, a certain amount as, like, a retainer or something to that effect, which is, like, subtext, don't go work other places at this time because I'm paying you for this, but also I'm paying you and you're not on TV. Yeah, maybe something like that. Maybe they could get around it like that. Because, I mean, I do think it's... I agree with you, Megan, that if it was me, I if I had a steady income, I would probably be trying to minimize the amount of, of contact um, and would probably forego the extra money. But uh, that's not everyone's situation. Like, some people might have a family, you know, like, there are some things that, like, maybe the people need the money for, and if that's the case... I, I do think the AEW should kind of step up and try and help them a little bit more. Yeah, and for sure, I want to be clear, I was not, I do understand, there are plenty of people outside of wrestling who have full-time jobs and also also do, like, side jobs to make ends meet. Because, you know, your financial situation is your financial situation. It just, I would think all things equal. If you have a steady income, contractually through AEW why take the risk of other dates that take you places that aren't necessarily as COVID conscious or require travel when realistically you could sort of create a fake bubble by just staying staying where you are and showing up when they need you on TV I, I don't know the value proposition here as in other places in life with this global pandemic is confusing because depending on who you talk to, the pandemic is a thing or maybe it's not actually a thing, you know? We're all, as Americans, kind of not on the same page on this one. And even people that do understand that it's a pandemic, like, everyone has their levels. I understand that. Like, my comfort level is much, 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 much lower than a lot of people. So, like, I understand that everyone has degrees. But I would just think that AEW would want to protect itself. And, like, if you think about as we become get closer to, like, a pay-per-view, that's where you really want to make sure you're locking people down from, like, unnecessary type thing. Because, like, what if you get it and then you have to, like, cancel a main pay-per-view match? Like... Yeah. Um, NXT yeah. Had, a, had an outbreak last week. And they've got a takeover um on october 2nd oh no or fourth or something like that anyway that's cutting a week from sunday yeah so no so they've already like had to make some changes to that show Mm -hmm. because the people aren't going to be cleared in time well we had said that it seemed like the lance moxley match could be a pay-per-view match before it had actually gotten announced as just a regular dynamite match but now even that got canceled so yeah like the ramifications and 
you know, there's a two week period where you're, it's not necessarily clear you have it. And then I think it lasts for about two weeks to maybe like a month. I don't even really know. It seems like case to case it varies, but you're talking about a lot of time for someone who gets diagnosed with that. Yeah, Mox and uh, Archer is uh, scheduled for October 14th, so I'm pretty sure that's still going to happen, unless unless Archer has like a really bad case of it that doesn't clear up for a long time. Yeah, I, I don't, also don't really know if there's like, are you supposed to sort of quarantine for a period after the symptoms appear to go away, just in case? I think so. I don't know what that period is, though. Yeah, I mean, but it's, you know... It's three weeks away from yesterday. True. I, I think there's still. I think there's a pretty good chance that they'll that they'll make it happen. I mean, unless you have to quarantine after, for two weeks after you're no longer like testing positive. Like I, I don't know enough about all of the. I don't the know details. what the guidelines are. Yeah. Anyway, it's something to keep an eye on though, because you know we're getting into the fall. Kids are going back to school, coming home, and giving it to family members, and you know a lot of these wrestlers have families, so. And flu season is a thing, because if you get the flu, your immune system weakens a bit, and so you're more susceptible, or vice versa. It's just, like, a real bad scene. Yeah. Everyone get your flu shots. We got ours. Megan, did you get yours? No, not yet. I've Great. never gotten a flu shot before in my life. I, they normally come to work, um, to, like, my work, so I normally get one just, like, whatever day they come to work, but obviously that's not, like, a thing this year. Um, but they're free. Oh, I know. I just, prior to this year, I always trusted my body to kind of process flu germs and get rid of them because I don't fall into the category of very young, very old, or previous conditions, you know, weakened immunity. So I always just kind of let my body do its thing. Uh, I guess this year, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, can't you just go to the minute clinic and have them do it? Yeah, I think also, like, CVS and Walgreens are just giving Kroger. them out for free. Yep. Yeah, Kroger, the yeah, little clinic at Kroger. Yeah, there's plenty of places. I just need to go do it. It's just like a foreign idea to me because I always was like, oh yeah, I don't really need a flu shot. I'm not in that group. But this year's different. All right. Let's get into the regularly scheduled stuff. BTE episode 222. Sue. <laughs> I think Sue kind of looks like an old Megan. Whoa, that's am I? Is that an insult or a compliment? How do I take that? I'd say it's a compliment to Sue. Thank you for that. <laughs> she does have my hair, and yeah, it's that's, I mean, it's that's the main thing. <laughs> it's white, but yeah. uh, I'll get there one day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this was a very Sue-heavy episode of Being the Elite, and it was short. It was like 13 minutes, so it was like your Sue per square inch was pretty high. <laughs> yeah, she kind of ruled this episode. We found out that she um, wields the power of voodoo, as she had voodoo dolls of Santana and Ortiz that she was pricking, and they were... I thought you meant... The, the Walmart streaming service. The streaming service. I was like, she played movies and they had to watch them. She's old. She doesn't understand how that works. Aw, don't discount Sue. You don't know. She went to promo class. Cole Cabana got his face fixed. He now he looks like Michael Nakazawa. That was the whole joke. It's really 
that storyline has been rough. Yeah, get get Cole Cabana off my TV. I'm fine with him on my TV. I thought he was really funny in all those segments where he was um, trying to talk to Kenny, and every week he thought it would be okay, but then someone would stop him because his like his delivery is very good. I've, Kill me. I've never thought one <laughs> of his segments has been funny. Mm. I I agree with Andy. I liked his segments prior to the face issue. I just think the the bandage face storyline has been not compelling. The big uh, Dark Order segment this week was Reynolds and Silver stacked up on top of each other wearing a Brody Lee uh, coat <laughs> um, trying to pretend to be Brody Lee. It's kind of like in a cartoon where three kids sit on each other's shoulders in a trench coat to try to get into an R-rated movie or something. They were like the little rascals. Yeah. And uh, like Sil- so Silver's on top and he's doing like this Brody Lee impression and then Brody walks in and it's like, what the fuck is going on in here? And so they, they get down. They're all screaming at each other and yelling. Sue walks in, and everybody starts being really nice. It's like everybody, like, like turns uh, turns on a dime. And, like, cause Sue, Sue gives them, like, a bag of treats. And uh, and they all say that they love her, and she leaves. And then, uh, and Brody, like, 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 Silver's like, oh, we're gonna eat now. And Brody comes in and slaps the bag out of Silver's hand. Aww. And starts yelling at him again. And Sue walks back in, and she sees her her gift on the ground and she's what happened and then brody told her that silver doesn't like her food (gasps) she was upset i would be too so brody pulls out the roll of papers (laughs) that he uses to you know abuse his minions and he hands it to sue and sue throws them but she misses and she starts cracking up and in classic bte fashion they didn't do a second take they just kept uh is let it go so Brody Lee is like smiling and then he like encourages her to do it again and then she throws the papers again and then but Silver doesn't say anything do anything and then Brody Lee basically yells at John Silver to sell for Sue (laughs) (laughs) and then he falls down it was good it was it was adorable yeah it was really good Uh, (laughs) that's cute I I missed I missed a lot this week so this will be a recap for me as well you should see um you should watch the that part of BTE. It was really cute. Um, I love it when there's real stuff on there. Yeah. It also kind of weirdly humanized Brody because I know Jenny, you're you're not a huge fan of him, mm-hmm. but the way he treated Sue and kind of laughed at the whole situation, it's like, oh yeah, there's a person under That's that nice. character, and he he, and he very gently like led her away and was like, okay, come on, Sue. <laughs> like when after she had given them their food. And after she had botched the uh, paper slap, he's like, I'm taking Sue outside here. And it was just very cute. So the the only like heavy storyline uh, thing was Matt Jackson sitting at home um, on his phone. And he's reading something on the EW website about how the Young Bucks have been fined $10,000 again or whatever. And he gets a text from Nick. And Nick sends Matt the date one five sixteen and or sorry matt sent that to nick and nick responds with a screenshot of a tweet of this this is an old tweet that was very famous at the time one five sixteen it was not from one five sixteen but it said one day we'll wrestle the revival and everyone will rejoice remember this tweet Hmm. and uh so that was like a pretty 
that, that the way that the day that they tweeted that was like people on were like retweeting that like crazy that day and it got a lot of people talking people were convinced that the bucks were like about to jump to wwe at that mm. point um one five sixteen is the day the elite formed oh okay actually because it's the day that kenny omega took over leadership of the bullet club and kicked aj styles out when aj was leaving leaving yeah and then they did Ooh. that weird like promo in the back that they used to show at the beginning of BT. Yeah, how they're the they're the elite of the Bullet Club and yeah. yeah, yep, yeah. So if we end up getting like a heel trio of the elite, the like the original elite, I think that'd be really good. Yeah, that I mean, would be intense. I think that's what we're gonna get. Seems like it. Seems like it's gonna be a few more twists and turns before we get there, but yeah. Adam's so, gonna have to pull them out of their malaise. Yeah, him and his great pants. <laughs> Sticking with the pants. All right, Megan, we got uh, we've got two dynamites, or as you might say, a dynamite and an AEW Dark Classic. Uh, yeah, AEW Dark Classic, otherwise known as Late Night Dynamite, is an hour long show where we got one, two, three significant matches, a couple backstage segments. And then we checked out and we're like, good show, guys. It so, fucking ruled. Yeah, can we get back to that on YouTube? Now, That's so all I'm asking. My thought was, and we'll of course talk about this show, but my thought was, after it was over, is that if this is what their eventual third hour is, like something paced like this with, with this level of matches, then I think that would be a really good, easy to watch show every week. Oh, for sure. If they decided dark is where we put talent who aren't, who need some practice, basically yeah. need TV time but not real TV time, and to build up records. Yep, yeah. like that's fine. I will leave dark behind and I will transfer to this show mm-hmm. where it's dark classic. Basically, I don't know what they're gonna call it, but they should call it dark classic. <laughs> <laughs> and I will go watch that and be fine with it. So yeah, uh, Late Night Dynamite, subtitled Dark Classic. 12.38 a.m. it it began on the East Coast. Okay. I mean, I did not watch it live. I I didn't either. I watched it the next morning, but... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, who could possibly stay up that late? I I guess they were hoping some NBA fans... Well, I guess on the West Coast, it would have started at 9.30. That's true, yeah. That's still too late for me to begin watching a show. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm in bed. Much more that. doable. Yeah. Jenny's ideal um, situation would be if uh, to to live on the east to live in the eastern time zone, but have some kind of way to watch the uh, the television in the western time zone time. <laughs> she doesn't want to move. She just wants all the benefits. If she could watch Dynamite from five to seven every week, she'd just she'd actually watch the whole show. <laughs> that would be so weird. If I ever ended up living on the west coast just having to make that adjustment because it's such a just the tone of it i think oh that's a nighttime show like prime time and to watch it from five to seven and then just have a whole evening in front of you yeah do they be weird for some things do they push it back i mean like i'm thinking like network shows that do like the eight the nine the ten o'clock do they like wait i know they don't for central time zone but I was thinking for Pacific. They do. Every, everything there is like, 
it's you know you get it three hours later than you get it here but if you have like direct tv or something a lot of times you'll be able to access the the east coast feeds of channels mm. yeah so i guess you know i just need to move to the uk with megan and get direct tv <laughs> yes i don't know if they have direct tv in the <laughs> wait no that's the opposite way yeah. They have Sky Sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, move to Hawaii and get direct TV. You'd be sitting real pretty then. <laughs> dynamite at 1 p.m. Oh, my God. Actually, that's kind of my mode of operation now. Just the next day, 1 p.m., I'm like, fire up a dynamite. This is my afternoon. Mm-hmm. Andy always wants to watch it live, so I've been in the last several weeks just watching the first half of Dynamite. And then, I and then sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll be surprised then. So you didn't see this at all? I actually stayed up until 9.30 this week. Okay. But did you see Did you see the late night dynamite? I did not because Andy watched that the next day. Well, it's been a crazy work week, so I didn't have a chance to watch it. I watched it okay. while I rode the Peloton. Yeah. That's the one I okay. watched dynamite. Mm-hmm. See, that's very doable. I like, I like how with a one-hour show, that's very focused you can slide that into your schedule it's fine so this show um had some good matches but it didn't really push any stories forward which is always a nice feature of dark you just basically got to watch fun wrestling matches so uh it's very quick the first match ben carter versus scorpio sky scorpio wins with the tko but this was a super awesome opening match that took I don't know how long it was it felt like it took a big chunk of the hour but I didn't feel like it went over long it was just fun to watch these two men work it was uh, they went 15 13 okay it was great um Ben Carter's got great hair oh he's great yes love him yeah so Ben Carter is British but he was trained by Seth Rollins in florida i guess or Hmm. wherever rollins lives rollins lives in iowa now like back in iowa where he's from but i think his wrestling school was in florida when he lived there so so ben carter trained under seth rollins and did not train in the uk so he's kind of an anomaly that is weird i would have assumed he started training at the age of like 10 in the uk jericho was on commentary for the show and he got really irritated early on when um, Excalibur was trying to, like, just pay, kind of t- talking about Europe and how um, the island that Ben Carter grew up on it was closer Jersey. to France than to Scotland because Jericho made a reference to Scotland and Jericho got really mad. It was, it's not Guernsey. He does. Oh, but is it Jersey? Jersey, yeah. Yeah, Jersey, right yeah. Sort of Guernsey. Oh, okay, yeah. Everyone should watch the <laughs> Guernsey potato potato peel pie and lit. Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. What? Look up Guernsey and like IMDb. It's the only thing that'll come up. That title Start is a typing mouthful. G-U-N-E into Netflix <laughs> and it'll pop up. Yeah. <laughs> that title is rough. It's wonderful. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a very good movie. It's a well-behaved it's a, movie. It's a great movie. It's just, you know, it's very hard to get through that title. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. There you go. So Jericho was very upset, and he yelled something about, um, this is dynamite, it's not Mr. Science with Skiavone and Stupid Excalibur. Yes, which is like, 
not science geography. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but this match was really good. What a showcase for, uh, for Mr. Carter. And, uh, and you know, you would assume if anybody was watching this show that uh, he would have made an impression. I certainly. He has not been. I haven't seen the graphic yet. The. (sighs) I hope they sign him. I did see the Serena D born the other day. Yeah. Sorry, Megan, I interrupted you. What what were you going to say? No, I just, I'm pro signing Ben Carter. I think he's awesome and I love his high flying style. And it seems like a good opportunity to sign an up and comer. He did a cool flip dive. He did a really nice frog splash. Um, What else did he do? He went for a phoenix splash, but he missed. But, you know, the fact that he can do a phoenix splash is impressive. Uh, That's something he would have learned from Seth Rollins. (laughs) Um, Did you notice that Scorpio apparently now has his own entrance video and music? Yeah, I guess he's serious about, like, splitting off. See, um, now that he's going to split off, he can wear those black skinny jeans. Was he wearing them? No, he was wrestling. Well, no, he wrestled in those. He can wrestle in those. That's because he had to improv. But you know what? John Cena did it for, like, 15 years. People complain. He wrestled in black skinny jeans? No, jorts. Jorts. (laughs) Yeah, those are looser. They give you a little more, like, mobility. I am sure those black skinny (laughs) jeans are just pretty much spandex okay they're not tyler bait level no but like i'm sure he i'm sure he i'm sure he could move in them i guess we'll see because apparently he's going solo although i'm not to jump ahead too far but i believe he's part of an seu match next week so i don't know how strict his solo career is not as strict as Kenny Omega's. We'll talk about when we get there, but my impression was that it's going to be Kaz and Daniels. I, I okay. a funny joke there, and you just talked right over it. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said it's not as strict as Kenny Omega's. Oh, it's true. You good didn't jo- say. That's a good joke. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were making a joke. You couldn't listen to one of your podcast partners? Jenny's very sour right now. Is it the wine? Sour. Is it the wine? <laughs> I knew sour. it. I knew it. It always reflects her mood. It, it like makes my uh, it's making my tummy hurt a bit because it's stop, got stop drinking well, it. but it tastes good. Oh, okay. It's just it's more acidic than the wine I I normally drink. Okay, well slow your pace so that you can enjoy it, but also not have a, an acid tummy. Okay. Um. Also, just wanted to highlight that Scorpio helped Ben Carter up after the match after we beat him, and I just love to see that kind of sportsmanship, Jenny. I know you're on board with that. Love sportsmanship. It was nice it's to see. Very endearing. Uh, in retrospect, I hope Scorpio didn't get COVID. Oh, me too. <laughs> Not blaming Ben Carter, but, you know, you're in close proximity with someone who apparently does some positive, so watch out, Scorpio. And he was so careful at the beginning. He stayed home. He stayed home when you were supposed to stay home, and I always supported him for that, so I hope he didn't get COVID. Yeah, me too. That's a good. That's a good shot, Megan. Because yeah, because yeah, he was certainly. Yeah, uh, Scorpio stayed home to the point of like very extreme boredom, doing Instagram videos with like wine and stuff, which I love. But don't get me wrong. But it seemed like he was trying to fill time during his days. Mm-hmm. He would like be drinking wine all day and doing like push-up challenges all day. That was what his like quarantine consisted of. And posting about Kobe. 
Yeah, well, he does that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so I did like half of Scorpio's routine this quarantine. <laughs> no push-ups, all line. <laughs> I I did all um, I did half of Scorpio's routine and half of the uh, wrestler in New Japan who only posts about bread. Oh, Satoshi Kojima. <laughs> oh, hey, I've got AEW news related <laughs> to Satoshi Kojima this week. Is he all elite? He's not, but... Has he been eating more bread? Well, yeah, but here. Like, this That's is... his life. <laughs> I, need to, I need to find this, um, because I almost sent it to you guys, but then I was just like... How much? Did, maybe they don't really like the Kojima bread thing, but apparently you do. I love it. I we, relate. Yeah, we love bread posts. Come <laughs> on, more bread, please. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, this isn't the one I was looking for, but as I'm on the way, um, on September 23rd, yesterday, he tweeted, "Toothaches. It may be tooth decay. However, eating bread cannot be stopped." <laughs> Just brush your teeth after you eat the bread. Okay, so on the 22nd, two days ago, Hangman Page tweeted, I love biscuits. Satoshi Kojima, who I guess this means that he follows Hangman Page on Twitter, wrote, I think so, too. (laughs) And then he tweeted, I like bread the best, but I also like biscuits. Page loves biscuits and I love bread. Maybe they are the same type of person. I'm happy. Oh, (laughs) New tag team partner. Yeah. That is the positive vibe I need in my life right now. Me too. Hangman Hangman did like New Japan tours when he was in Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor. And then, yeah, so I'm sure he's like at least knows Kojima a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was fantastic. That's wonderful. (laughs) That's the type of news I need. Bread Club news. Bread Club news. I need biscuits. So over the weekend, I mean, Pillsbury out of you know you have to push hard on the 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 cardboard and then it pops out yeah and then so i made those and i then put a little 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 butter and a little raspberry preserves and then i put an over easy egg and bacon on them Ooh. it was really you good you are so fancy really good yep. and you obviously cut the biscuit in half to do that you just piled it all on top <laughs> The uncut biscuit. And then you put another uncut biscuit on top of that. And you got oh yourself my God. basically a double down. Hell yeah. Let's just talk about bread the rest of the podcast. All right. I'm into it. I'm s- thinking this weekend I'm going to um, get a bag. Eat a lot of bread. <laughs> and make my um, Escape to the Chateau sandwiches. Oh. Where I'll put a little like um, garlic herb cream cheese on. Oh. on I'll cut the baguette in in half and then i'll put a little garlic herb cream cheese and then put the turkey and the cucumber and the tomato and lettuce on there cool you sound so fancy i'm gonna commit a bread crime and just order jimmy john's (laughs) i'm gonna baguette but it's like not gonna be as cool as that oh they're baguettes they're they're jimmy john's is good too we order from there a lot and i think maybe it's a problem Andy and I go through spurts where, like, sometimes we'll order from Jimmy John's a lot, and then we'll go months without ordering. We don't have that. We just <laughs> pretty consistently order Jimmy John's. Ugh, I blame Emily because I don't want to blame myself. If I get the baguette, I'll probably get it from, because I couldn't get a Kroger order this, this week. 
they don't have any time slots available for our movie marathon tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So Saturday. Yeah. So, Good. You just. I was like, oh fuck, is it tomorrow? <laughs> so uh, yeah, they have an eight p.m. on Friday and then a noon on Saturday. None of those times are going to work for my sleep schedule. Um, <laughs> I will be asleep by eight p.m. <laughs> and I'm going to need that before noon. French bakery uh, delivery of a baguette and uh, probably get some croissants as well. I love a, I she love said a... as if this was a terrible alternative. I'm so excited. God. I love the croissants and I'll probably make, you know, egg and bacon and cheese croissant sandwiches then. I'll have two sandwiches tomorrow. So I'm probably just going to eat Jimmy John's again. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> On camera, while we watch you and McGregor be hot, I'm going to be shoving Jimmy John's down my gullet, pretending that's my French baguette. Uh, it is a French so yeah. baguette. It's a baguette. It's a French I wouldn't baguette. call it French. I'm sure it's... You guys want to hear a couple more Bread Club, club tweets yes. from this month? Hell yes. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to start texting all of them to you. I love it when it's my favorite thing when you Yeah, that. I was not upset by the Bread Club tweets, honestly. Okay. Um, so this is when he found out he wasn't in the G1. Oh. Um, oh. Back on September 12th. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. I have not participated in the G1 tournament. Unfortunately, I don't qualify right now. I'll do a lot of workouts, eat a lot of bread, and get up again. Oh. <laughs> and so there's this um i wonder what type of bread is his favorite i don't know uh he has lots of types of spreads he likes. but but uh so there's this wrestler gabriel kidd who is a uh i think he's american um he's from like the he was trained at the la dojo for new japan but he was living at the at the dojo in japan when the pandemic hit so he's been in japan the whole time so he's one of the few foreigners who's in New Japan right now. Oh, wow. And so Kojima said, I met Gabriel at the dojo in the morning. He asked me, did you eat Nutella toast? He wants to make me fat. I eat oh. a little. I'll put up with it. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, as someone who loves Nutella toast. like Oh, that sounds delicious. Get it, guy. Andy doesn't like Nutella and is allergic to hazelnuts. I was going to say, won't it kill him? It would kill him. So we don't ever have Nutella in the house. I I think that's a valid concern. I think he can hate something that would essentially kill him. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, September 5th. He posted a picture of Nutella that he had spread on bread. He said, hello. Hello, do you know Nutella chocolate cream? Delicious. I don't have enough bread. Oh my God. And then Same. later that day, I guess he got a lot of. Uh, I, got, I guess he got a lot of replies. Was Nutella already famous? I did not know. I'm a fool. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nutella. Oh my god, he's so amazing. <laughs> oh, Megan, have you had Nutella pancakes? No, but that sounds amazing. It's I mean, that's like essentially Nutella on bread. Nutella on okay, listeners. Y'all are probably going to just be so grossed out by this. I love how you think this is going to make it into the <laughs> I love peanut butter. You ready for cakes. a no edits Friday? <laughs> no. 
Peanut butter and Nutella? No, peanut butter and pancakes. Oh, peanut butter and pancakes is great. You never, you always make fun of me every time I make pancakes. I never it make is fun weird. of you. I, I do. You, you told me that I, I shouldn't have it both um, butter and peanut butter on the pancake. Well, no, that's weird. Yeah, yeah so that's weird. So that's I like weird. the butter better, so I go for the butter, mm. but it's because you shamed me from doing both. Oh, I'm sorry. I shamed you. Yeah. Peanut butter would overpower any butter you put on the pancake anyway. Why would you want both? Because I'm fucking crazy, Megan. <laughs> okay, just checking. So, to just to contextualize for any listeners who, like, maybe are not familiar with Satoshi Kojima or don't know him outside of a bread club context, <laughs> um, he is a really, really big star, um, like, historically in Japanese wrestling for New Japan and All Japan Pro Wrestling. He is a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion, He's won seven IWGP Tag Team Championships. Um, he's won the G1 back in 2010, uh, so he was good enough for it then. Um, uh, I feel really bad because I, I only know him from his bread tweets. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was, he uh, is also uh, a two-time Triple Crown Champion, which is the big title in all Japan. So he's, like, in the early 2000s, like, right up until probably about 2010 when he won that G1, he was a really big deal. So him just like tweeting about Bread Club now, it's it's like I would liken it to <sighs> Triple H is probably too big a star. <laughs> let's say let's say if Randy Orton, after having his like his big career, was just like tweeting about bread all day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's unrelated to his character in any way. He just really likes bread. Yeah, I think he might have some Bread Club merch, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, you have to now, but yeah. like... But, uh, I... Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to keep all this Kojima stuff in. And he only he only does the Bread tweets in English, right? Yes. His Japanese tweets are not about Bread. I mean, I don't know what his Japanese tweets are about. Well, I thought you translated them. I have. A few times I've tried, me. but they're usually not like... Bread centric, yeah. Yeah. But like the only times he tweets in English, it's almost always about bread club. And he's like, I'm only here for the bread. I'm not doing Google Translate on this actual <laughs> well, stuff. I mean, on Instagram, I assume Twitter has the same thing where you just hit the translate button and it translates it rudimentally for you. I mean, the English portion of his Twitter bio just says the sentence, I am a pro wrestler who loves bread. <laughs> he captured it. But that's probably not what the what the other part of it says. Probably not. I I love him so much. <laughs> and I just cannot wait to eat bread this weekend. Oh, he does, in fact, have a bread club shirt that is stylized like a bullet club shirt. <gasps> where at the bottom, there's just like, it's instead of like the fangs or, or, or the, the bullet teeth or whatever you find in a bullet club shirt, it's a croissant. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Plus one, would wear. Yeah. Yeah, we should all get bread club shirts. Man, New Japan's website just has a huge article about like in English with him at like a bakery, like showing him like looking at all the different bread. Oh my god! This is the best. <laughs> we should just we should just like stop recording. We're not going to top anything. No, here. it's all downhill from here. I'm listeners. just so happy there's somebody else out there that loves bread so much because it makes me feel less self conscious about it, about yeah. loving them carbs, those bread carbs. The bread carbs are the best carbs. They're so good. People can take their potatoes. I want bread. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kip and Penelope are at the Jags game right now. Of course they are. 
That's good. When there's a COVID outbreak, you should definitely go to a public place. Oh. Sorry, that was judgy, but I'm also just a little punchy with all this wine and bread mm. talk. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to switch my drink because I don't have any bread. Mm. And it's putting <laughs> too much acid in my stomach. So I'm going to have uh, a claw. Okay. Hey, Santana Ortiz and uh, Eddie Kingston also at this... Uh... Mega's probably there. Probably, unless she's got COVID. Are, are they in a private box? Um, it looks like they might be. So they're preserving some sort of fake bubble, essentially. I guess so, yeah. Oh man, Eddie Kingston's got a shirt on that's so good, it might make Dave like him. That's a pretty high bar. What does it say? It's Is it Mi- Michigan? It's a Michael Myers, uh, not a Michael Myers, it's a Jason Voorhees hockey mask with a Wu-Tang Clan symbol uh, carved into the forehead. I don't Damn really understand it. it, but it's like a mashup of two things that Dave likes a lot. Yeah, that's really strong Dave vibes, <laughs> and I'm upset because I'm going to be left alone as the only one not standing Eddie Kingston. You're going to get there. I refuse. <laughs> All right, Megan, let's talk about uh, let's oh. talk about Anna Jay and Brandy Rhodes. Okay, so <laughs> so Anna Jay and Brandy Rhodes had a match. So the um, second match of the first yep. of three hours of Dynamite. This yep. is where we are, listeners. Yep. There was a lot of bread talk, okay? <laughs> it's okay, uh, we've so only been recording for 52 minutes. <laughs> 30 of them were bread. I minutes. need bread. I'm not, now I'm, like, so hungry for bread. We don't have Go any get some bread. Why don't you toast a Thomas's English muffin? Mm, those are pretty old. They mm. haven't grown mold yet, but I'm sure they're really hard inside. That, well, that's why you toast them. You just kind of try and hide it. No. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> bread aside, uh, Anna Jay and Brandy Rhodes had a match, and Anna Jay won that match. She did her Queen Slayer move, which is to say rear naked choked Brandy... Uh, almost to death um i thought it was a pretty decent match i think anna jay is very good i think brandy tries very hard and the the pair of them did a fine match um Stu grayson i think has a little crush on anna jay because at one point he walked out because he was mad that brandy was getting over on anna jay and this this whole thing caused a distraction which ultimately led to the win but yeah like uh anna jay i just really like i think because she's in the dark order and she just owns those boys we didn't talk about it much on the bte recap but she just owns those boys well she's yeah i mean Stu grayson was very deferential to her this week especially yeah i feel like they're i feel like that's a thing that they're doing like kind of playing between bte and uh and the you know the regular stuff and i love it i'm into it um but yeah she uh she is the ultimate like dark order person and brandy she did not have any of her nightmare family because um cody you know we'll get to him but like it's no one was there to support her so i don't know if that counts towards her loss but also she didn't tap out i think she passed out she did pass out this match was really good. This is how I knew that this um, that this show was blessed. Um, because <laughs> hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Uh, after that, the great opener, I was a little worried about Anna Jay and Brandy Rhodes just because you know, relatively to everyone else on the roster, they don't have a lot of experience. But 
they were it was really good they didn't overstay their welcome and it was super like it was really aggressive like the beginning of the match where they were just like trading forearms back and forth i was i was very impressed with that it was they had a good brawl and uh yeah it was just good it was i was i really enjoyed it yeah probably the best singles match ever yeah and like anna jay for her lack of experience relatively speaking to literally everyone else on the female roster she's really good (laughs) she's 23 years old she's gonna be she is gonna be a star oh yeah yeah. Yeah, I was happy with this. I'm sorry, uh, she's 22 I... years old. Yeah. Oh, God. These kids. Mm-hmm. These kids. Uh, Who do yeah. you think she's dating on the roster? I don't know. I want I want my AEW reality show to know who Get all that the young ben are dating. Yeah, I need to find that out, yeah. There's so many of them that are under 25. You know they're like... Screwing like bunnies. It's like Olympic Village. If you get a bunch of hot athletic people together, how can you not? Yeah, right? I, um, that is, I, I'm sure we've talked about that, but that's a thing about AEW that I think is really key, and it's probably why they're doing so well with 18 to 34s, is that, like, they have a really young roster. Like, they have, they have older people, but they actually have young people on TV in prominent roles, like Anna Jay, like Jungle Boy, like Kip Sabian, like uh, Sammy Guevara, like um, who? MJF. MJF, thank you. Uh, yeah, like and like this new guy Ben Carter, he's twenty two. Um, you know, so I, it's you know, as much as I love NXT historically, the reality is, the people who are on the, that roster and get pushed on TV, even though it's supposed to be like the the, the up and coming brand, they're all in their thirties. Well, except for the UK version of it. Like... Except for the UK version of it, yeah. But, but, but that it, got cleaned out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but NXT proper, it's it's like it's all the it's all like the last generation of indie stars, you know, who were who have been all been wrestling for fifteen years, you know. So, I mean, it's it's just it's really nice to see. Yeah, and as a mid thirties person myself, uh, it does oh. hurt my heart that you're talking about the NXT roster where they're all my age now, and I'm like, look at these people who are my age. <laughs> And but I agree with you. <laughs> look at those people who are my age. I it's time to let go of that and uh, look at the up and comers because these twenty somethings are wildly impressive. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm very excited, but I also do want the dirt on the dating behind the scenes and then uh, not in NXT. Well, in NXT as well, but AEW. I want the dating dirt behind the scenes on all of the wrestling promotions. If I'm being honest. Me too. Yeah. So, that was a that was a really good match, um, a very good follow up to the opening match. And like Andy, I was a little apprehensive because I have like the WWE gun shyness of they just stick the women wherever the least desirable position is. I thought they would. Okay, here was my thought process, Megan. I thought that they had Brandy and Anna Jay. Two of the most beautiful women in the world. I mean, the most beautiful woman in the world, being Brandy. And then a really, really pretty woman. I thought they would lead with them if they were, like, planning on all these, like, NBA, like, male watchers, you know, coming in. So I I, I was actually, like, pleasantly surprised that they didn't, like, lead with the two pretty ladies. I do see your point on that one. 
Like, that, I mean, there is not a more beautiful person, a more beautiful woman in the world than Brandy Rhodes. And was she not on a reality show that was about... Wags? Atlanta? Yep. Yes, she was. Wait. That show is terrible. And Kelly Kelly was on Wags. Regular. Not Atlanta. Also okay. terrible. Yeah. The point is, she could have a crossover audience. <laughs> yeah, but actually, what they ended up doing was, they had like the post-game show after the game that went about an hour. Oh my god. So... They didn't even, yeah. So you got, you know, Charles Barkley yucking it up in the studio. And, um, <laughs> but, so, so it's interesting. So, like, five million people watched the basketball game. And then a million and a half people, or like, no, like, like two million people watched the, the post game show. And then so, AW still had a pretty good lead in. They did, like, 580,000 viewers, which is crazy for a show that started at 12.38 in the morning. Yeah. So they, so, they were number nine for the night on cable. Wow. Wow. In a 12.30 time slot. That's nuts. Um, if they had followed the NBA, if they had directly followed that game with five million viewers and been an hour earlier, they probably that, that hour probably would have done a million and a half viewers. Yeah, I'm that, sure. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's not what we got. But anyway, I was, I was impressed how well the rating held up. But anyway, yeah. For, yeah, at 12.30, sure. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you the last time I saw twelve thirty. Like I'm I'm not even joking. Like I had no idea the last time I saw other than like have been been asleep and then woken up and like Tossing and turning. Tossing and turning. You might not be the typical viewer. But intentionally staying up to twelve thirty. Couldn't yeah. tell you the last time. Yeah. Okay. Well, Suffice it to say that the first two matches on this three-match show were good. So we're, we're, we've got good momentum here. Um, we do a backstage interview where Alex Marvez catches up with Scorpio Sky after his win. And Alex asks, what's next, Scorpio? And he kind of gives the standard answer of, I'm going for that championship, that world championship, because that's the highest bar in the company. Obviously, everybody's going for it. And then mid-interview, Matt Seidel comes over to congratulate Scorpio on his win. And Scorpio's like, hey man, you're awesome too. And they just seem like really good, cute friends. And Seidel's like, okay, well, I've got this match I'm going to go off to now. And Scorpio's like, yeah, let's get some drinks when you're done. And it's just like a very feel-good moment. And Matt Seidel heads out to go face Sean Spears, which is the main event of this show. Scorpio was like very... um... He seemed totally fine about being interrupted by this fucking goofball. Yeah, they're friends. How many years are we out from Scorpio's championship? I think one and a half. Wait, what? Scorpio's gonna get the main belt. The Moxley belt. What, I don't know what Oh, so called. we're setting the over-under at one and a half? The Moxley belt. Get that Moxley belt. Oh, we, let's make a champagne bet. Okay. <laughs> That'll pay off. And, you know. We can't we can't do a champagne bet. Why? Because the only options it's... are over or under. No, no, I'm asking everyone to say how many years. Oh, oh, I thought you meant one and a half reigns. No, no, no. I said how many years will it take for him to get the belt? To get the AEW World Championship. Mm-hmm. I say a year and a half. 
I say, how old is he? How old is Scorp? He's our age. Scorpio, 34, 35. Sky. Uh, 37. Okay. Or you oh, can say damn. never. If you don't think he's going to get think, it. I think never. Really? I think never. Which means, which means I can never lose this champagne bet. Oh! <laughs> you could, if he gets it. That's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I guess it means I can never win this champagne that's bet. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could, if he never gets it. But when do we cut that? Oh, well, I guess if he retires. When he retires, yeah. Good. Can't I mean, we'll all be old, but... Or when AEW, like, uh, goes down in a ball of flames. We'll be living in our French chateau at that point. Yeah, and you won't need a champagne bet. You just drink champagne. I, man, I don't think he's going to retire, like, like within the next few years. He still seems like he's got a lot in him. When do you think he's going to get the belt, or do you think he's not going to get the belt? Um, at least two years. Okay. And Jenny, you said a year and a half, mm-hmm. and I said never. Are you going to put it in your phone? In two years' time, you basically will have won, unless he gets it before he retires, though. Yeah, but I still haven't won. I say we put a five-year limit on this. (laughs) Fine. Okay. What are you, FDR? (laughs) Oh, we're so far away from talking about that. (laughs) We'll get to it. Okay, well, Andy's putting that champagne bet into his phone to make, you know, historical records of it. The f- The main event of the evening is Matt Seidel versus Sean Spears. And the, the kind of backstory on this one is that Sean Spears was thrown out of the Casino Battle Royal by Matt Seidel, so we assume he's mad about it. I'm glad that they... Um explained that because i certainly did not remember it i i mean i honestly would have accepted this as just a match on a dark you know just slapping Mm. together two people that make sense but it is nice that there was a backstory so there's that and then unfortunately ultimately sean spears gets the win he does a his like c4 move and then right after that he does a hook with the loaded glove so other way, other so way he, around. Oh, okay. He punched him first, and then he hit the hit the C four. Okay, so the uh, the the main thing here is that Sean Spears came out to this match with the glove on that Tully had given him, but it was apparently not loaded at the time. And then on the outside of the ring, at some point when the ref was distracted, Tully slipped some piece of metal or something into the glove to load it. I and saw then him this do is. It. Yeah, they the camera saw him do it, which begs the question: <laughs> Are replays really not a thing? Because that was so blatant. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, Sean Spears has his loaded glove, and he knocks out Matt Seidel enough to do the C four and get the win. Um, Matt Seidel's upset, and then Tully kind of gets up in Bryce Ramsberg's face after the match, and while he's doing that, Spears tries to further punish Matt Seidel, but Scorpio runs out to make the save because, you know, he needs his friend around to go grab drinks after this whole program is over. And Scorpio makes the save. Spears tries, I think, 
a couple times to get back in and get to Sidow, but Scorpio chases him away, and so he and Tully slink off, but they still got that cheat win. So Scorpio was truly the star of the show. He was in three different segments. Yeah, this was like he, the Scorpio Sky show. Wow. He had a whole arc. Yeah. I would watch that weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Sky show. Give me the I, Sky show. So I would say, like, Megan, tell me if this makes sense to you. I thought this match was, like, a really good WWE-style match. Yes. Okay. I think you're right. Well, and that, that you know, both from yeah. the system. Yeah, to be fair, um, I wrote down Sean Pierce is a very good base, and then Matt Seidel is good at high flying. Yeah, yeah, but I it just it felt it felt styled like a like a long WWE TV match. Yes. Or like or like an undercard pay per view match, I guess maybe like like you know like the third match on Backlash 2012 or something like that so specific how dare you um but yeah i i think you're right but also it i wasn't upset about it like no i enjoyed it i thought it was a good i thought it was good yeah um there were some weird announcer moments i do want to call out because i wrote them down um if you've heard matt sidell and podcasts or anything at all since he left wwe you know he's a total hippie and so at some point uh (laughs) <laughs> Excalibur mentioned that that Matt Seidel had a shamanic experience, which, like, I would describe as related to shamans. It was like of that sort of thing. But this confused literally everyone on the announce team, especially. And... Like, I think Tony was ready to roll with it, but Jr. and Jericho wouldn't let it go. <laughs> No, JR asked if that was some sort of tantric thing, which is talk to Sting, not the same thing. <laughs> and not that and Sting, then it, wrestling fans. Yeah, <laughs> Sting the singer. Um, but then, at, around this time, Excalibur also announced to the world that Matt Seidel had done Ayahuasca, which I feel like you shouldn't say on television, because it's defo not a legal drug. Yeah, but I think he did it in a country that where it is legal. Okay. Yeah. I think he actually like, did it in South America somewhere. Okay, because you can do it in this country, but it's yeah, definitely but not I think, illegal. I think he actually went to South America to do stuff. Okay. Uh, Jenny, it's like went a... Went to South America to do drugs? No, he went to South America to like have like like experiences. Like drug experiences? Yeah, to have an ayahuasca trip. What's an ayahuasca? It's a hallucinogen. Why would you want to... God, the To world... open your third eye. The world is fucking scary yep. enough. We don't need to hallucinate about weird shit. I assume he he did it before COVID, but also like a lot of like I don't want to sound like I'm saying this is okay. I but honestly, personally, I don't have a problem with this. Um, but ayahuasca is like a lot of it's like when um, musicians in the seventies would do drop yeah. acid. They like, say they're having I mean, like an artistic experience. You oh know? Oh my god, it's so scary. Listen, I Megan, <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot, but okay. I remember you and I have had a conversation in the past. It was probably regarding Matt Seidel, where we both said, like, if we could do it in a safe environment, we would definitely try ayahuasca. Oh, my oh, God. Hell yeah. No. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, Jenny, remember... Why would remember... you want to feel like that? Why would you want to feel like you're, like, out of body in a scary, scary place that you can't get back to your own body? Okay, because... So I'm not an I... expert on ayahuasca, but my understanding is it's not, like, acid. 
And also, out of body doesn't necessarily equate to scary. It does in my book. <laughs> so Okay, so you are not a candidate for wanting to do this, but I'm just saying, like, wanting to have, like, an out-of-body experience doesn't mean necessarily wanting to, like, be terrified. <laughs> but it remember that Mad Men episode where they all dropped acid? Yeah, it was and terrible, there was, like, and I, it was so stressful. And I there was, it. like, one one person, though, who was, like, a chaperone to make sure nobody did anything stupid. Like, that's all I'm saying is, like, a, in a controlled environment, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't turn it down. Thank you, Voodoo.com, for providing all three of us with the entire run of Mad Men for six ninety nine. Yes, cheers to that. <laughs> so I thought Jenny, this, this Jenny hates dynamite, us. <laughs> I thought this late night dynamite ruled. Yeah, this late night so dynamite was awesome. It. it it made me want Dark to return to what Dark was. Yeah, totally. It was because it was just so it was. It didn't hit me until you texted me and said that I'm really enjoying this episode of Dark. <laughs> and I thought, like, oh, man, yeah. Because, you know, Dark is a show that used to have, like, Young Bucks matches on it and Kenny Omega matches on it. And, you know, like, like big stars used to wrestle on Dark. And at max, four quality matches. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was great. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this. And if they decide that this is what they're going to do with a third hour... If and when they're given it, I'll totally watch and give up on whatever dark is now. Yeah. Haven't you already given up on whatever dark is now? Yeah, but you know, I did. I did enjoy going back the one week when there were there Seven was like matches. a yeah, it was like the time total time and the balance of matches versus the total time made sense. I watched it. But if you're throwing 11 matches at me in like an hour or an hour and 15 minutes, GTFO. that's... GTFO. Yeah, too much. Now... And they're too short. We'll have know? to see what the, what the dark lineup is this Tuesday because, uh, you know, if half their roster is sick with the vid, then, uh, then they might be in for a short show. We are forced to see dark classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying is I loved that the opening match was 15 minutes and that my total runtime on this show was 45 minutes. So one third of the the whole program was eaten up by that match. And I didn't hate it. I don't need 11 matches. This isn't a punk album. Jenny's very stressed out by all the drug talk. Is she freaking out about <laughs> she's, ayahuasca? She's taking it slow got deep my, breaths. It got my like stress level raised. She's, she has triggered. It's <laughs> triggered. Well, take comfort, Jenny. I don't think Andy and I are ever going to come upon a situation where it's ideal for us to take ayahuasca, so you're probably good. Yeah, also, like, we made that uh, that deal, like, many years ago. I, I, I don't know that I would uh, still do it if uh, given the opportunity, so. I or... might. I have crazy anxiety, and I'd love to see if there were things that, like, made it okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Megan, let's let's talk about uh, regular-ass dynamite. All right, regular-ass dynamite. I went into this directly from late-night dynamite, so this was my experience. I got, like, three hours of dynamite, guys. I want to say off the top, R.I.P. Road Warrior Animal. Oh, yeah. They, they did one of those WWE display cards at the beginning. I am not familiar with his work. I know his name, but apparently he passed away. I mean, you saw the uh, the episode of Dark Side of the Ring about him and his partner, right? 
Uh, I don't think I got there yet. Oh, okay. It is a season two app, but yeah. So you, you well, you'll learn a lot about him. Okay. I mean, I, I'm familiar with who the Road Warriors are as like a team, but I don't think I knew anything about like a lot of detail. I did notice he was 60 years old, which made me feel like too young. Definitely too young. Um, his, uh, they were like the biggest team in wrestling in the 80s and 90s. Like, definitely. Um, they were really huge stars in America and Japan. So, that's, uh, you'll, you'll, I think you'll enjoy the episode of Dark Side of the Ring about them. Okay. I, I definitely have enjoyed it so far, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. And he, also, apparently... He never appeared on an AEW show, but he did come out riding a motorcycle at the beginning of All In. The first one? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the one that, you know, the non... The, you know, the, the one that the Young Bucks and Cody... Like they did in the ballet in Center Stage? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Just like that. No, so like that's that was so he does have a little bit of like connective tissue to the AEW universe because he 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 did appear at All In. Okay. I don't even remember why, but he he rode a motorcycle out there. I assume because they were trying to bring in ties to. Oh, because he's he's a he's a he, they were they were really big in Chicago, and they, that was a show that was in Chicago. That's right. Oh, Road Warriors, okay. Road Warriors always drew like super well in Chicago. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, apparently, Thunder Rosa's um, face makeup this evening is like an homage to him. It was. So. Yeah, he always had a, uh, a spider on as part of his face paint. Creepy. Are you getting a lot more spiders in your house this year? Uh, no, but I also have like a spider pest control spray like perimeter thing that happens. I sprayed in the spring the perimeter... But I think you got to do it again. I think I need to do it again. Sorry. We've been seeing a lot of spiders in our house. Like Jenny is so disturbed by the spiders. You know, we've probably been killing like four spiders a week. Yeah. That's too many uh, spiders. My spiders. sister is a spider advocate, so when I see a spider, I say, get this out of the house or I'm going to kill it. It knows how to get back in the house if you let it out of the house. She takes it far away. I, I, I'm not anti-spider, but... um. I can't sleep if I've seen one and I know it's alive. Yep. <laughs> Every spider in our house dies. Yeah, because it, it like crawls into your mouth and gets in your throat. Yep. Yep. And then it just like crawls down into your tummy. Oh my mm-hmm. god. And then it just lives there. Wait, like there's like a crazy number, like uh, the average human. That's that's not real. Really? That's okay. not real. All right. You have to think, Jenny. I'm so delighted to tell you that's not real. Oh, thank God. How long well, have you thought that was real? About 15 years. Okay, that's not real. I read, like, uh, something that basically, like, sussed out, basically, that your mouth is not a place that spiders... It's not, like, an ideal habitat for spiders. They're not going to go in there. You know? I mean, other bugs do, though. Like, I've definitely swallowed many bugs in my life. But if you're just sleeping and the spider's crawling around, it's probably going to pick somewhere else to go. Like, you swallow bugs when you're outdoors doing stuff right you know yeah. that's so take comfort in that like if you're just sleeping a spider's gonna be like "Ooh, that's i don't want to end up down there and just move on so this is from scientific american 
Uh-oh, um, I'm worried about this. <laughs> six years ago. It's an article by, by Annie Sneed. Uh, luckily for us, the fact, quotation marks, that people swallow eight spiders in their sleep yearly isn't true. Not even close. The myth flies in the face of both spider and human biology, which makes it highly unlikely that a spider would ever end up in your mouth. Three or four spider species live in most North American homes, and they all tend to be found either tending their webs or hunting in non-human infested areas. During their forays, they they usually don't intentionally crawl into a bed because it offers no prey, uh, unless it has bed bugs, in which case that person has bigger problems. Spiders also have no interest in humans. Uh, Spiders regard us much like they'd regard a big rock, says Bill Shear, a biology professor at Hampton-Sydney College in Virginia. We're so large that we're really just part of the landscape. More than anything, spiders probably find sleeping humans terrifying. A slumbering person breathes, has a beating heart, and perhaps snores, all of which create vibrations that warn spiders of danger. Mm. Vibrations are a big slice of spiders' sensory universe. A sleeping person is not something a spider would willingly approach. Certainly not. That makes me feel really good. <laughs> Remember Raising Hope, where where the girl had to like sleep with a pantyhose over her head because she was afraid bugs would get in her mouth? Oh yeah. And ears. Yeah, that was I. After seeing that episode, I was like, should I be doing that? <laughs> should I take my cues from this fox sitcom? Yeah. Should I trust this? Is this science? Huh? Oh, Megan, I think your first thought should have been. Should I get a mosquito net for my bed? Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's all a much more elegant solution. But I was just, I was floored by the idea that somebody thought that hard about this. Like, I don't want bugs in my ears or mouth. Hmm. But you know, hearing that article, I feel much better about the spider situation. It seems like they'll probably just leave me alone. Yeah. Okay, that makes me feel better. I hope it eased some of our listeners' fears as well. All right, well, with that big preamble, let's get into it. The first match of the night is a tag team match, and it's Kip Sabian and his best man, Miro, versus Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. Kip and Miro get the win, unsurprisingly, because Miro's on that team. Uh, Miro actually makes Sonny tap out to the his camel clutch is that the one? yes the former okay. accolade now the game over okay yes which he shouts as he applies it yes game over great. man game over man <laughs> oh r.i.p um yeah i this match was perfectly fine i think my main takeaway was what a weird way to introduce us to miro I thought I thought he looked rusty and too big. <laughs> He's been working out too much. I yeah. Maybe among other things, I don't know. I don't want to cast aspersions, but as Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio this morning, traps don't lie. <laughs> Thirst traps. Oh, that's good. That's later too. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, he also, like, hurt his ankle at one point, taking a bump out of the ring. Was that and real? That was real because he, you know, he stopped selling at some point, so I think it, like, turned out to be okay, but I think he twisted his ankle 
um, on the, on the landing there, because and then it led to them messing up the spot where he was supposed to like kind of toss Kip over the railing onto Joey Janela. Oh, I thought Kip was gonna die. I did too. Did you hear Joey Janela? Are you all right, man? Yeah, he asked him twice. Yeah. Are you all right? That made that actually like warmed my heart because it made me think like, oh, they're probably okay. Yeah, I really. <laughs> I mean, I took a moment to be like touching but also i was like holy fuck is kip dead (laughs) i mean joey seems like a decent person so like even if he has personal issues with kip because of penelope like because of them being eskimo brothers yeah yeah i think maybe joey has moved on from that though honestly it's i hated the twitter exchange like at that one point in time where oh Oh, that was God. disgusting. Oh, God. That was so gross. Um, but I do feel like Kip and Joey seem fine. You know, like working together, and and Joey seems like fine. Yeah. 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 Um. So oh, Miro, God, this was Megan. his debut. You put that back in my head. Oh. I'm sorry. I I hated it too. That was the super low point of my Kip Penelope moment. Um, but I think we've all recovered very well from it, and we're moving on. I'm just saying, I think probably Kip and Joey and Penelope are all fine, and everybody has their own stuff going on. Everybody's fine, starring Robert yeah. <laughs> Gosh. So, this is Miro. This is Miro in AEW. I hope not. <laughs> I... I liked his shirt. They got it back on track eventually, but I, I did think that he looked like, he looked like a guy who hadn't wrestled in six months. You know. So when he left WWE, didn't he only have like a? Did he have a ninety day? Yeah, he had a ninety day, but he also hadn't been on TV for a while before that. Okay. Because they just like weren't using him. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I I liked his comic book style best man shirt. I'll say that that shirt's great. Yeah, very cool. I loved how it was like, it had the little logo up in the top, and instead of Marvel, it said Miro. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, a, that's that's a really good. That is that is like a shirt that I could see someone buying. Yeah, very cool. Uh, the highlight of this match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, does it blow your mind that this is Miro? This is like Miro's debut in AEW. Like this is the first time we get to see him wrestle, and it is in a tag team match with Kip Sabian, Sunny Kiss, and Joey Janela. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, I have a feeling that he has a lot of input into his own creative, and this is just kind of what he wants to be doing. Like, I think Jenny's totally right about what she's been saying the last few weeks. Of like, he's just he was probably tired of playing like the monster heel. And he wants to do something with a little more of his own real personality. I just don't know that that is what's best for him as far as being a pro wrestling star. It might be more fun for him and more like relatable and real, but I I don't know if that Rusev character was one of those things that WWE actually nailed, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that, like, I think he probably has a big enough. He's probably popular enough and has enough goodwill with the fans that he can maybe take three to six months to, you know, kind of have a speed. lighthearted type intro, 
and then move on to like what his character is actually going to be. Yeah, I'm not worried about him because it's still early, and I do think he does have a lot of goodwill. Like, I think you're right. So, uh, but it is it is like kind of curious. Yeah, that's kind of where I land on it. Is I'm not against this different type of character he wants to play. I think he he'll do fine at it. It just is maybe the exact opposite of the debut I pictured for him in another company. Yeah. I just love how right I was <laughs> about this whole thing. Yeah. You continue to be right about it. Jenny's just reveling in it. I really am. It's like the like this is my this is my moment of glory. Uh, hey, I tip my shine. hat. This is your time of flight. <laughs> <sighs> I I think Jenny, you called it. it. It's just, to me, it's it's weird. It's like watching some alternate reality. <laughs> but we'll, I guess we'll see how it goes. Especially post his best man role running out. Um, Post-wedding, I guess. Am I, am, Megan, am I wrong? Didn't they say that the bachelor party was going to be yesterday? They... Or did I just, like, infer that from something and I was wrong? I I don't know if they said it for sure. I think they're heavily implying that it's coming, but they seem, like, very loose on dates with all this. Like, we're going to get a Kip and Penelope wedding on Dynamite. They don't imply when. You know, like, how far away is the bachelor party? They don't... I don't think they've ever really locked down dates. I thought that they said that the bachelor party was going to be this week. Did and they? I thought when that was announced, and, and may, I'm awful at like those promo things, like and knowing when things are happening. But I, for some reason, I thought it was going to be this week. And I remember being like, "Why are we only building up one week to this? We could build this for months <laughs> to the bachelor party." I am so looking forward to this bachelor party. It could be the elite storyline of bachelor parties. <laughs> exactly. It. I mean, it does seem rushed. Like, you just announced your best man. You don't... When is the wedding? Because I think you placed the bachelor party relative to the wedding, right? Yeah, I agree. I would so. say, like, the anniversary show would be a good time to do the wedding, but that's, like, coming up pretty soon. Uh... <laughs> They haven't been clear on the timing. Who knows how much of a priority they think it is. Yeah. Because we all know Kip and Penelope are going to have a proper wedding somewhere else. So. Gotta hope so. Hopefully. Actually, I hope not. I hope that their real wedding is in a wrestling ring in Jacksonville. And, <laughs> and that's all there is to it. They're like friends and family. Please tune in because we can't invite you because it's a very limited amount of seating. I mean, that's <laughs> true, though. Like, it's better than going in, to a wedding on Facebook Live. In watch COVID on TNT. times, like... You're going to have to watch the wedding anyway. It's not like you can have a real wedding anyway. So why not just like. I guess that's true. I think I pictured that if I were having a wedding in COVID times. I would try as safely as possible to have like at least my parents present. <laughs> you know, you like. Marrying in this situation? Um, I don't know. Probably like. There's so many. Mm, as of late, you and McGregor probably. All right. Well, let's get him. Uh, but like, if you had you, your spouse, and each person's parents or 
equivalent of parents, depending on the family situation, that's still under 10. I would try to do that, you know? I mean, I don't... that was our wedding in non-COVID times. The actual wedding, we had our parents and our siblings. Yeah, and that was and wonderful. And wonderful. I love a small ceremony. I just don't think that Kip and Penelope are maybe the type of people that don't want attention. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so I guess they're going to be on TV. Megan, speaking of people that don't want attention, you should check out Selling Sunset on Netflix. Those people want attention. Yeah. It is the hills with real estate. I've heard some colorful stories about that show, and I admit I've been thinking of dipping into it. It's wonderful. Okay. I started it. It's by the hills. Like, the guy who created the hills created it. I didn't even know that, but, like, you start it, and you're like, oh, my God, this is just, like, the hills. Like, and, yeah, it's by the same creator. But, Megan, like, I started on Sunday... I have two episodes left. Of oh, no. The three seasons. <laughs> oh, my God. There's three seasons? Yeah, they're short. They're like eight episodes. Okay. It's I'll check it out. Great. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to wrap around back to this, so I'm just going to say <laughs> bluntly. The next thing that happened was Eddie Kingston got in the ring. Hell yeah. Ugh. My man Eddie. Eddie. Ugh, I hate it. So, uh, Eddie Kingston shows up. He reiterates the fact that he's never been eliminated from the Battle Royal, so he deserves this match with Moxley that's going to happen later on in this show. He talks about how Moxley and himself used to be cut from the same cloth, you know, the indie scene. I'm assuming the, the deathmatch scene a little bit. Yeah, they but probably then, wrestled in CZW and whatnot. Yeah, I, w- I would assume. Um, but then Moxley sold out, and he became a sports entertainer. So Kingston's like, Moxley, get out here. I want to see you face-to-face before we get up in the ring together. And Moxley obviously obliges and comes out, and they do that like, like face-off thing where they touch heads and try to outman each other, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like two rams. Yeah, it's very testosterone-y up in that ring. Um, And the refs run out to separate them, and that's how this segment ends. Basically, like, it it appears everybody's super keyed up for this fight later on tonight. I thought the promo did a good job um, justifying the match with the, you know, because he's been banging on about that whole not being eliminated thing for a few weeks now, and this just kind of this kind of fell into their lap, you know, like with with the circumstances. Yeah. It's kind of a happy accident that he's been saying this and, and now he gets his shot as if he had won. Yeah. I like, I like, I like the justification. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it's the, the part of me that is like blindly Moxley loving was like, he sold out. He got an opportunity. Leave him alone. (laughs) Just because you didn't get hired. (laughs) He did sell out. Yeah, as an adult, I'm trying to wrestle with the concept of selling out more and more as, like, like that's silly to think that people, quote-unquote, sell out because the things you love would die without money. We live in a capitalist society. Yeah. So. I guess I didn't mean sell out. I, I, he 
he no, was you're allowed to say it. He became a sports entertainer. Oh, he totally he did. Went, you know, like I, yeah, I also like you have some issues with the sellout terminology. Um, I don't think there's, you know, people need to make money. Like, oh yeah, really I'm just. With that. I feel like I've come around, like as an adult person who needs money. Looking back, being like, yes, of course. You get into any business and you try to do well to make money. And me, like rebellious teenage me would be like, Sell- fuck sellouts. But um, adult me is like, well, you have to reconcile with that. It's cool to have like scrappy startups and stuff like that. But uh, ultimately, if you love something and somebody gives them money to keep doing their thing, a band or a wrestler or any other form of media or entertainment, it's like, kind of have to be, like, happy for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, do people, do people in, like, small towns who have, like, double-A baseball teams, do they begrudge the stars of their teams when they get called up to the major leagues? You no, sold out, you're not entertaining us. Them. That's right, Susan <laughs> Brandon does just fuck them. She gets them ready for that journey. <laughs> In, in his first book, Mick Foley actually had a really good, because um, he went through this, because he was a big deal in ECW, and WWF signed him in 1996, and um, he, he was, you know, he was very good about how he left, and that he wanted to make sure that there was plenty of time for Paul Heyman to be able to wrap him up, and, and you know, his storylines, and get him out the door, but that also allowed a lot of lead time for fans to, uh, you know chant you sold out at him Mm -hmm. and things like that and he kind of he took it hard Mm -hmm. and and you know to to his perspective it was like well okay like i'm a professional wrestler i you know the word professional is in the job description you know like i do this for money Mm -hmm. where can i make the most money in front of the most fans doing what i love the answer is the wwf right now so when he went back to ECW for a date, because um, WWF like was had a working relationship with him, he, so he goes back and he does this promo, and he's talking about and the, the ch- fans are chanting "You sold out" at him because they still hate him, and he says like "You're damn right I sold out. I sold out Madison Square Garden. I sold <laughs> oh, out the shit. Superdome. <laughs> Get I it, Mick Foley? State Arena. That's great. Yeah." Yeah, I, I, yep, like, growing up and maturing, I've definitely struggled with that, but, uh, it makes sense, like you said, professionals in the title, you're, you're trying to progress your career to the point of living off it, and especially with Mick Foley, who was basically putting his body on the line constantly, he needs all the money he can get early on, because he's not gonna be able to do that shit forever. (laughs) No, but that's like that's why it was that's that's why it was a good heel line, you know. This match was booked on short notice, for obvious reasons. They even said Lance Archer got the vid. No. Well, he ex- came in contact with someone who had the vid. They almost told the truth, and then they pulled back. <laughs> it was really weird, because he why came not out on just Twitter tell the and truth? admitted it. Yeah, I I don't think we should villainize people with COVID. <laughs> I don't think they were villainizing him. I just think, I, I, I don't know why they didn't say it. No, I mean, by not saying it, it almost felt like COVID's a, COVID is somehow your fault 
And so we don't want to put you as the one who has COVID. We want to say you were exposed to COVID. But realistically, like getting COVID isn't like a bad act, you know? Right, yeah. I guess it depends on how you do it. Yeah, totally. And you go to a Fozzie's concert in North Dakota with 250,000 people, that is on you. Did you hear that that's like literally that stupid biker rally is responsible for an upsurge in COVID? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, so yeah, I don't think Lance Archer... I feel like they should tell the truth because saying Lance Archer has COVID doesn't mean Lance Archer went out and did something stupid to get COVID. Yeah. So. It did take away a six-man tag I really wanted to see. I was hyped for that. I really was. I felt really bad for Will Hobbs. Because it was like, this was going to be his, like, his moment, you know? Yeah, he, we'll get to him, but I, I really was excited for him to have that be his introduction to primetime dynamite and it's it does suck that that was taken away but i hope that doesn't mean you know like i hope they'll find a way to slot him in somewhere else but anyway the next matchup is (laughs) evil uno versus adam page this ruled it really did which is weird because it's an Evil Uno versus Adam Page match. <laughs> you know what though? Evil Uno is really good. Is like as like kind of like a as like a kind of like they've never let him play this role in the ring, but he was kind of like a goofball heel. Yeah, and it's weird that they've never let him play that role because look at him. Yeah, but they were so obsessed with him like the Dark Order being this like really serious evil like cult. And now, now because of BTE, they they have like more latitude to do stuff with it. And he he was great in this match. Yeah, this was um, surprisingly like both entertaining and lasted a while. Yeah. So, I think it's very understandable that ultimately Adam Page got the win with the buckshot lariat. But the undercurrent of this match was that. Kenny was on commentary yet again, and they said off the top that this is another match where it was offered to Kenny and Adam as a tag team match with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, and Kenny declined, so this is why we're seeing Adam face Evil Uno. Do you you want to say something? No. (laughs) Do you have deep feelings about this? I do. Well, say them. Let them out. I just I I miss my I miss my little tag team. I think Kenny is pulling some bullshit. <laughs> That's how I feel about it, Jenny. And I don't know if you're on the same page, but Kenny is here on commentary. He shows up to every Adam match this far on commentary to talk about how he doesn't want to partner with Adam. Now he's a singles man only. And then on this occasion, he says he'll always be an ally of Adam. But when it looks like maybe that needs to be tested, Kenny hesitates. He, and I think he's got to go. He's got to go get his mail. Yeah. I think he's just bullshitting. It's bullshit. And I love Kenny, but he's pulling some shit. It is. It's total bullshit. And it's like, Kenny. 
Kenny. Where are we? Because Kenny also says, like, Tony and JR point out that Adam, this is the second week in a row that he's taken matches where Kenny's declined them. So Adam's kind of on a winning streak. And they say, hey, Kenny, when are you actually going to get into the ring? And Kenny kind of, he, like, diverts and says, well, you know, I'm proud of Adam. He's doing great. But... I'll be back in the ring when it benefits my rankings the most. Which, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's bullshit. Yeah, shouldn't you be racking up numbers for your single star now, Kenny? Yeah, because, I mean, Adam's going to be going up in the rankings with his 2-0 singles record. I would yeah. think so. He's probably number five by now. I don't know where he is. I could probably look. FTR shot up the rankings in like a matter of a day. So. I know it's ridiculous. So I liked. Um, I so there it was interesting. There was a point in the match where it seemed like the Dark Order were going to interfere, and we had an interesting <laughs> grouping of the Dark Order. Um, no Alex Reynolds, no Alan Angels, no Stu Grayson. Made me think that maybe. Uh, <laughs> There was an outbreak of COVID yeah, in the Dark Order. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, but it was we had um, what ten and uh, and uh, silver and somebody else was out there. It wasn't Brody? Was it Anna J? Was Anna J out <laughs> Anna there? Anna J was out there. Okay, yeah. So, but um, so like the Dark Order was out there, and it seemed like they were probably going to interfere, but Uno told them to go to the back, and. Kenny made said something about like okay well, you know good because I was gonna, you know, I would have had to have like gone in there and like helped out if if they had attacked and I wondered I was like but would you have? You wouldn't. He have. hedged. But would he you hedged. Have, Kenny? <laughs> because he said that bit about like always being Adam's ally earlier, and then Tony and Jr. were like, "Are you gonna get up? Are you gonna go do something?" And he's like, "Well, it looks like it's taking care of itself." This is the best storyline ever. <laughs> this whole elite thing. It's so great. People God who damn. don't think that, they are they are diseased with WWE brain. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No. That's what I, that's what I See, say. See, the way he ended it, Jenny, it made it okay. I, yeah, but whoa. They have caught the WWE. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, I, yeah, I just, I loved it. Yeah, and I was surprised at how enjoyable an Evil Uno match was, honestly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I sort of made reference to this earlier, but Adam's Chiron read, apparently sticking with the long pants. <laughs> it's a good look. It's a great look. Yeah. I really like that look. Stick look. with it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, speaking of, like, elite issues, the next thing we have is a backstage interview where Tony goes to speak to the Young Bucks, and he looks understandably nervous because the last time an interviewer showed up at their door, Marvis, got super kicked in the face. So Tony very tentatively knocks on the door, and when Matt rips it open, he flinches, and Matt laughs and someone's like, hey, Tony, it's cool, it's cool. We're all Tony good. Was, Tony was so fucking good in this segment. Tony is awesome. <laughs> so, so 
Tony, after, like, recovering from that initial shock, Matt, he, like, holds out the mic to Matt, and Matt says, you know, we know, me and Nick, we know that we've been out of line recently, and they say they, or he says they feel terrible for, like, kicking Mike Posey in the face and super kicking Marvez, like, that was uncalled for. So he very reluctantly admits that they should do better. Um, But he does highlight that, you know, recently the Young Bucks have gone through a lot. They lost a lot, such as title opportunities and close relationships with their friends. So Tony is like, totally understandable. Um, FTR seems like the reason for all of this. How are you going to move forward and repair things? And Matt says... Yo, Tony, move on. Don't ask that question. Don't want it. It's too so obvious. Tony, yeah. It's like, okay. But also, your fans want to know the answer. But Tony moves on. Tony's like, okay, well, how do you feel watching from the outside as, like, FDR has basically overrun you? They've defeated Hangman and Kenny at All Out. You watch that. And, uh, And Matt's like, hey, Tony, let me see your phone. And can I just say, as a general sweeping statement, don't just give people your phone. No. Especially people with this vibe. (laughs) Don't just hand them your phone. He didn't need to see your phone. No, there's no reason. So Tony's like, here's my phone. And Matt takes it and he smashes it against like the wall next to the door. And Tony's just like, uh, what, why? And Matt's like, oh, you know what? You're right. That was, I'm so sorry. That was unnecessary. Here's a wad of cash to buy yourself a replacement. He tries to put it in Tony's jacket pocket, but apparently it's too little. And so he just ends up like throwing it in the air. And Tony's like, okay. And then Matt closes the door and goes back to Nick. And Tony just mutters something about how like, maybe they'll put this in their book. Maybe like a chapter. And uh, (laughs) poor Tony, you know? (laughs) Just poor Tony. The Young Bucks are mean boys. Young Bucks are very mean boys. Or in this case, uh, Matt Jackson and a Nick Jackson who was almost certainly not there. <laughs> he yelled. Ba- Matt yelled back into the room. Where was Nick? Is he COVID? I mean, that's what I assume. But I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to speculate too much. I hope but, not. Yeah. Gosh. He's got a brand new baby at home. I hope he doesn't have COVID. Maybe he abandoned ship because of that. Went back home. Yeah, maybe he heard about all the outbreaks and was like, I'm not going to get on this plane. Yeah, I'm going to stay home. Hopefully. Um, Kind of related to this, in the next match on Announced, JR asked Tony if he's on the cloud. <laughs> Just the most old man way of saying that. <laughs> I like that. I, I was like, wow, that, that is, that is, that's an important thing to be if you've just had your phone smashed to bits. Yep. Tony's like, yep, all my images are saved. It's okay. It's just like, I don't think on the cloud is the totally correct way to say it. But okay, JR. I got you. I mean, I guess he can buy a nicer phone now. Hopefully. The Young Bucks throw on cash like it's nothing, but it's unclear if it's just a bunch of ones or if there's actual <laughs> substance to that that wad of cash they're just shooting at people. Yeah. Maybe he had Apple Care. Hopefully. Yeah. 
poor Terry. Never just hand your phone to someone who's like completely unrelated. Let me see your phone. <laughs> Poor Tony. He's so trusting. After that, we have the TNT Championship match between Orange Cassidy and Mr. Brody Lee. We end up without a change in champions. Mr. Brody Lee wins. He does a powerbomb and then a discus lariat to finally take Orange down. But there's quite a lot that happens during the match. Orange Cassidy is very confusing to everyone in the Dark Order, I think. Yeah. Um, you know what was confusing to me, Megan? Go for it. Why did this match happen? Because they were worried they had put Orange Cassidy too over by letting him beat Jericho. If, and they didn't want him to get that over. If I was Chris oh. Jericho, I'd be fucking pissed. Me too. <laughs> He's, like, good enough to beat Jericho, but not good enough to get a title. It's... Yeah, yeah, I, and, didn't and they, make... they didn't, and they didn't even build up this match. Nope. We found out this match was happening in the middle of last week's show. There this... was there was no promo about it. The only time Orange Cassidy appeared on last week's show was to uh, pop out of the trunk of uh, of a car and and hit a, a chain assisted Orange Punch, which was great, but it had nothing to do with this match. This is some WWE bullshit where they like panic that they let someone like grow too quickly. And then, like, feel like, oh, oh, we gotta pull back a bit. Yeah, I, I was really not. This, I just thought this was a really bad idea. Like, the match was fine. The match was whatever. But, um, it, it just, I, I don't. I, what was the point of him winning the feud against? Like, I don't. Orange Cassidy needs to be treated more like a special attraction than like a weekly wrestler who just has matches all the time. Well, is that the the heart of the issue? Because I think ultimately, what this match was was to get to the end you know to get to, what do you mean to get to the stuff that happened after oh yeah i know but like i i don't know that orange cassidy should have been the sacrifice no that, for that that that's what i'm saying is like they could have done this with anyone and they probably should have just put somebody else in to get to that point because really the whole showcase of this was the issue after the match. Yeah. And, and well, Brody Lee did make a special point of saying, like, no more indie guys are getting over, but they could have found any. They could have put anyone in here. Yeah, bring Warhorse back. Yeah. He forced his way in. Let him wrestle. Bring, bring in Dan the Dad for a title shot. Do you guys know about Dan the Dad? No, what? Dan, he's, he's part of the, you know, the irony wave that, uh, Orange Cassidy inspired. Oh gosh! Like, puts he puts his opponents over his knee and spanks them in the middle of the match. Like, yeah, I, I feel like that's maybe I... questionable in the year twenty twenty. I mean, he doesn't do it to women. I just in general, like I don't think you should hit your kids. Yeah, he wears like a he wears one of those like baby Bjorn like baby carrier things to the ring. Oh my god! And carries like a like a like a hydro flask of coffee yeah oh of course Stand the dead <laughs> okay okay yeah i mean dan the dad could have slotted in just fine here the man scout jake manning set up a tent okay you guys yeah throw... I, gotta, I gotta tell i gotta teach you guys about all these irony wrestlers these days hmm. Th throw any one of them in here but yeah i think it's a 
I think you're probably right. Like um, the optics on on using Orange Cassidy this way after using him the other way very recently, it doesn't quite sync up. Um, but ultimately, like the point of this match was to get to the end where the lights go out and then we get a very extended version of Cody's like Jumbotron video and and music and so it's like a big reveal that Cody's here and Cody is wearing um, two-thirds of his three-piece suit looking dead oh what I need to tell you oh, my no. friend Jason texted me yesterday oh, gosh. during oh, the no. show okay he says what's with the different stage on dynamite so this is like right at the beginning of the show and I said I don't know I guess I'm just changing up the look and then he's like I'm only on the first match but it looks like they walked around it truthfully it looks like it's for Cody's entrance when he comes up from the stage maybe he's back with his dumb entrance oh my god he called it <laughs> like Jason our friend Jason he notices the tiniest little details about wrestling shows and probably other shows but I'm not really talking about other shows but anyway like he will notice little things about like gear and entrances and like just just the little fine details of wrestling shows have you noticed that about him Megan yeah, I always kind of thought, like, you're picking apart a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> but he does notice it. Yeah. I thought Cody looked like when Luke Skywalker comes back in Return of the Jedi in his all-black outfit. Oh, or is yeah. it... Is it... No. That's a Jedi. Is it Jedi? Yeah. Okay. I can't remember. When he goes I... to Jabba's palace. Yeah, and he's like the one where he's all in in all yeah. black and his hair's kind of slicked back a bit, like yeah. and he, you know, he's got like a new attitude. Yeah, well, he's a, he's like a Jedi master. At that yeah, point. exactly. Yeah. He thinks he knows all this shit. Yeah, I mean, he does. Uh, Cody, okay, like I totally get it. His hair is too dark for his skin. It is. That's not his natural color. He went black when he should have gone like dark brown. Yeah. That's my only critique of this. Agreed. I agreed. I had the exact same critique. Thank you, Jenny. I knew you would understand. <laughs> I I love the blonde, and I'm not against switching away from it, but the black looks like he took shoe polish and rubbed it all over his head. It 100% looks like that, yes. Yeah. And, like, his scalp is so white that you could see his scalp through the black because then he put, like, gel on it, too. You know? Mm-hmm. It, was just, it was just too much. It's too Like, you're, you're a young man. You're not balding, but you've created the effect of that. Right. You don't need to be, like, Johnny Cash here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cody's a bad man now, guys, I guess. I thought he, like, he was, he showed good fire and aggression. I was, I was pretty into this whole thing. I mean, I liked it. I just, I was distracted very much by the hair and the sparkly loafers. I loved the sparkly loafers. Sparkly loafers are very With good. With the maroon purple socks above them. Oh, oh, I loved it. It's, it was very much Cody, but dark Cody. So yeah. like he nailed the, I'm the villain version of myself. I just thought his hair should have been brown. I agree. I thought the outfit was perfection, but the hair was too dark. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but his energy, loved it. Mm-hmm. Very much like, I'm back and I'm a villain, bitches. That's gotta be so fun when you get to be like the, the villain. Yeah, it sounds like many wrestlers really love when they turn heel, but has struggle with face. I think it's I think it's just a lot easier to be a heel and more fun. Yeah, because you it's so much easier to get people to hate you. It seems like. Yeah, that's why I like I really respect like John Cena. Um, like one of many reasons I really respect John Cena, but he's such a good babyface, and even though a lot of people did hate him, um, but. He, I, you know, he, it's, it's, it's hard. It's just hard to do that. It's hard to like always be the good guy. Yeah. And it probably gets incredibly boring as a performer. Yeah. It would have to, right? Yeah. I think Roman turned heel because he wanted to in this, this new run where he's back with Paul Heyman and uh, he seems like he's having a blast. Yeah. It's uh, like even just changing things up every once in a while seems necessary, but it just, it looks so much more fun to be you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think that was the point of the match. Not so much that Orange lost, because I don't know about you guys, but I went in assuming Birdie Lee wasn't going to immediately lose his TNT championship. Yeah, I, I figured he was keeping that. Uh, I will say Excalibur during his announced time, said Orange Cassidy, with all the heart and tenacity of the humble fire ant, which I thought was a very <laughs> good call-out. I very, didn't hear that! He did. It was a very sweet reference to when Orange Cassidy played a fire ant, mm. apparently at the show we went to. Yeah. He's been wrestling for a shockingly long time. He seems... Very young for that, but... Yeah, he's like 35. Okay. Once again, I feel like... Yeah. I feel like I've done nothing with my life as a 35-year-old. Me either, Megan. Don't compare yourself to famous pro wrestlers on TV. I do every day. (laughs) Yes, this is the first time they... uh... They had wrestled each other since uh, March 24th, 2012 at Chikara Green Ice, where Brody oh Lee God. defeated Fire Ant by pinfall. Oh my God. Yeah. Good job, Excalibur. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> With that being said, there's still more. Because after the after the match... We go backstage where Dasha is waiting patiently, politely, trying to get any member of the Dark Order to doctor, which is a mistake. You shouldn't be patient and polite with them. Uh, Anna Jay shows up. She wrestles the mic away from Dasha and pushes her out of the frame and then hands it to Mr. Bernie Lee so that he can go off in a big, big rant about how he's appalled by the audacity of Cody to stay away so long and then show up as a surprise like a coward and um Brody Lee demands uh, Silver to hand him a thing which is a just like a big old human sized dog collar that he says he's gonna put Cody in which like Cody has been whipped 
10 lashes and now he's getting put in a dog collar and I'm starting to wonder about the kinks that are happening behind the scenes on AEW television. <laughs> what the hell, guys? We're putting Cody in a dog collar? <laughs> this is very like uh like this is very like Jim Crockett Promotions 1983 kind of shit right here. <laughs> this is like definitely in Cody's wheelhouse. This is not something I'm into. <laughs> He did say he was going to use the dog collar to cover up that god-awful tattoo on his neck. Okay, I am, I, I support covering the neck tattoo, but not with the dog collar. Just get him a turtleneck. He, made, he also made a reference to, like, um, like, like uh, what kind of man lets his wife post thirst traps on Instagram all day? Yep. What are thirst traps? Like, sexy photos. Because they make the guys thirsty. Or the ladies. I'm not judging. To which Brandy replied with a, uh, a bikini photo uh, and the caption, Oh, bitch, please. Oh, see, I saw that on Instagram, but I didn't, I didn't see this uh, <laughs> right, yeah. this far into Dynamite. <clears throat> I think about. that's hilarious. I did too. I thought it was a good promo. Yeah, he was so angry. Yeah. So, uh, Cody's setting up camp in his brain mm -hmm. I guess we'll see I, I really don't want to see Cody in a dog collar but I guess we'll see next up Matt Hardy is here he's not cleared to wrestle but he's here to talk he's still limping because of his knee injury due to the attack from last week um, Matt Hardy catching up to us also from last week finally decides Chris Jericho is his prime suspect as far as who may have hit him in the knee. Did that make you think that that means Jericho definitely didn't do it? I didn't know what to think, honestly, because I'm like, how do you not put the puzzle pieces together before this? Yeah, but, like, how dumb are you that you see something? I don't know. I, I felt like he was talking down to us. He did say whoever hit him he thought was in a mask, and Jericho is not known for wearing a mask he has but... that bandana on his neck all the time though he could have easily pulled that up yeah i just and aren't we all supposed to be wearing masks we are oh, yeah. it's i guess it depends on the kind of mask he was talking about like full-on ski mask or or just uh covid ready mask but i was willing to accept that jericho was the one who did that andy who do you think if not jericho could be like a suspect i don't know but like the fact that they were very like the fact that jericho was right there last week and then matt was like you were the leading suspect made me think like oh it's not jericho it's too obvious then uh, i mean maybe to to speak to your point like so matt's talking about how jericho is the prime suspect and then like, Matt goes on to say, like, you also pissed me off when you hit Isaiah Cassidy in the back with a bat at last week's match, and then overdid it by putting him in the walls of Jericho. So Jericho comes out to address this, and he says, like, hey, man, I didn't hit you with a bat, because if I would have, I would have looked you in the eye while I did it. So I don't know that Jericho is the most trusted source, but it also seems like he was pretty much like, if I'm going to hit you with a bat, you're going to see me do it because I don't care. Sounds legit to me. 
<laughs> he is the demo god. He can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere in there also, Jericho, when he walked out, he had the whole inner circle except for Sammy. And then Jericho's like, oh, wait, P.S. Sammy's back from his uh, all-out injuries when Matt put him through the, I don't know, cardboard thing. Uh, so Sammy's back. <laughs> I don't. It wasn't even like a table. That was really good, though. It was like Jericho was like, and Sammy, yeah, who knows when he'll ever be back? Just kidding. He's back right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Sammy walks out. Did you notice that Jake Hager like pulled his jacket back? He's like, show some like side boob. I did not notice that. Yep, Hager was. was... Sounds like you got a little thing for Jake Hager. Nope, nope. He has some bad ideas (laughs) about life. Um, but yeah so like all this happens Jericho's like bro I wouldn't have hit you if I did I would have done it to your face and then Matt's like alright look let's just do this now and he's not cleared to wrestle if you remember because he has a concussion so Mark Quinn steps up and says hey you're not cleared to fight but I am and last week I also chased Jericho away when he attacked you and Jericho is kind of like, mm, you did do that. But then Isaiah steps up and is like, no, no. It's my responsibility. I'm going to handle this. So he points out to Jericho that he almost beat him twice last week. And to be fair, he got hit with a bat to be defeated. So Isaiah Cassidy issues Jericho a one-on-one challenge for next week. That's great. Yeah, get I was, it, Private Party. I was I, I'm, I'm a little curious at why it's not Mark Quinn, though, because he is the one who, like, as he said, laid out Jericho afterwards. Yeah, and I also thought the implication was that Isaiah was more injured than, than he appears to be. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. What wasn't injured were those perfect jumpsuits with the leopard print and the stripes Mm, my god i wanted one i i i mean perfection please let me wear that around those are amazing those boys have great taste yes (sighs) okay so that's happening next week next up we have an in-ring interview with tony talking to FTR and their consulting manager, Tully. Uh, Tully says, you know what, Tony? More people need to be able to see the champs on TV week to week, but that can't happen if they're always defending their titles in matches that have to go 60 minute, like have a 60 minute time limit because that's half a show. So Tully's like, we're going to change the rules of tag team championship matches for television we're gonna reduce that down to 20 minutes and if the champs ftr are not defeated within the 20 minute time limit they automatically get the win so that's how it's gonna go and next week you explained that much better than tully did by the way oh thank you well i tried to he kind of did it in sections and i just tried to shove it all together yeah this was like I mean, I think Tully is a really good talker, but I, I don't, he, maybe he was tired or something. Because he was just like, he, he just, none of this made sense to me. I, 
I mean, yeah, I had to kind of circle back for it to make sense. When he started out, I'm like, what are you talking about? And then like, okay, we're just going to reduce it down to 20 minutes, fine. And then he kind of got to why that was the point. And then he also like much later talked about how if uh, an opponent isn't defeated within 20 minutes or they don't defeat FDR within 20 minutes, then FDR get the win. But like, yeah, succinctly, the change that they're proposing to make is the tag team championship matches to defend the titles are going to be 20 minutes on television and if in that 20 minutes the opponents don't defeat ftr ftr automatically gets the win and also like somewhere along the line he said ftr get to choose their opponents so next week they've chosen to face scu something was dumb i he um i mean i think this was just like a clumsy way of introducing a new format for, for FDR to have matches. <laughs> Did not enjoy. Um, so, and but, you said... Go ahead, sorry. Well, no, you said FTR, like, uh, or no, sorry, SCU in the title card for next week. It looked like Scorpio and Kazarian were there, but you said you think it's actually Daniel. Oh, did they show the title card? They did. Oh, okay, then I'm sure I'm, then I'm, sure I'm wrong. Okay. I was All just right. making an assumption. Based on, you know, what's been going on the last few months. Well, I thought it was weird because Scorpio... <laughs> no, it's, it's totally fine because Scorpio literally earlier in this show... Or no, I'm sorry. In the one-hour show, got his own entrance. Dark and classic. it looked like... Yeah. Dark classic. It looked like he was being set up as a singles wrestler and now he's getting pulled back in. Yes. So, I don't... Yeah totally understand what they're doing there me neither but you know i guess we'll figure it out what i don't understand is why sheeta would think it would be necessary to post thirst traps no like (laughs) did she post a thirst trap i'm worried i just sent it to you megan i'm worried she's getting caught up in a lifetime movie we're gonna see her in shattered innocence soon oh my God, she looks fine. She's petting her cat. She I, looks, she looks hot. Well, but you yep. don't need to do this, Sheeta. You're beautiful just the way you are. You are beautiful. <laughs> I think Jenny, that the Hi. thing is, is you can post. She doesn't her. have her support system here. You, you can post hot shots of yourself. You know, she's just confident. She's yeah. a confident lady. Jenny, I hate to break it to you, but if she was back in the Japanese Indies, she'd be doing a lot more shots like that. Oh, Rio does a lot of those. I <laughs> yeah. know, you're right. I know, oh you're my right. Gosh. Just... That's, that's a whole genre. We don't like to sexualize Andy. She's only a teen. <laughs> yeah, Jenny, I wouldn't be worried. She looks hot. Let her be. She can be a hot lady. No, everyone can be a hot lady. I just don't want her to, like... Do something she's not comfortable with, and then think it's okay. It's just it's just a little photo for. I don't you know, think it's little... gonna end in her doing porn. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's what you're worried about. about. Or shooting herself slope. in the head with a rifle. Yeah, yep. it's a slippery slope, guys. Which this is, is not... impossible. <laughs> this is not a lifetime movie, and yes, it is impossible. <laughs> Your arm is not that long. <laughs> God. Shattered Innocence, a great Lifetime movie. Everybody check it out. But wrapping back to this, besides the rule thing, what happens in the segment is uh, 
Dax decides to call out the best friends for their match from last week, week which uh, we all liked, but he calls a glorified backyard wrestling match. I like that. And that that's what they are, after all, backyard wrestlers. That was good, though, because like, that is what the FTR would think of the, a match like that. It's true. It's true. But still, it was pretty fun to watch. And at this sort of insult... The best friends decide to come out, and Trent's like, yo, dude, that was a hot match, and how would you like to go ahead and do your 20-minute challenge thing right now with us? And FTR like, okay, yeah, totally, get a ref out here, we can do that. And then they get all, like, set up, and then Cash gets the mic, and he's like, hey, 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 guys, let me, let me say, we're fighting champions, for sure, don't worry, that's not in contest here, but you're not ready for us. And it would be unfair for us to fight you in your current state. So let's just schedule this for another time and we're going to go. <laughs> Chuck's like, yo, you guys are weenies and your entrance uh, hug is weak. And then he does the, they do the best friends hug to show them how it's done. The weenies. I tell you. He, he can't say other words I know, on television. Verbiage, though, I just, I gotta tell you guys. Like I determined when I experimented sexually as a teenager, I'm not into weenies. Jenny hates this. <laughs> <laughs> I can see her face across the internet from here. <laughs> yeah, man, weenies, huh? I just thought that, you know, why after like such a like a star-making performance last week would you let chuck go out there and like say something that was so dorky because he can't say the s word and by extension cannot say anything more extreme than weenies did you hear him on uh unrestricted i didn't i have that on my list it, oh, is it's it so good that, like, okay but he gets asked like about like why hasn't he said the s word yet on dynamite I assume because Chris Jericho keeps taking all the opportunities. Yeah, he talks about it, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, that's a teaser. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. I've got it on my list. Yeah. Did you listen to The Butcher and the Blade this week? Because I did not, but that is the current unrestricted episode. No, I haven't listened to it yet. I'll, I'll, I'll probably get to it tomorrow. It looks like from the teaser they're going to talk about how Allie's the real-life wife of the Blade and... And I hope how that plays into the storyline in that he seems to not know it. Yeah, I noticed, like, yeah, no, well, we'll get to it, but okay. no Butcher and Blade on this show either. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, so from there, we go to what I was very afraid of, and it's the ladies tag team match between Evelise and Diamante versus Thunderosa and Hikaru Shida. After last week's weird, tense, horrible... Afraid going to break down into a shoot. <laughs> I was watching them closely, and I think maybe that <laughs> ruined my ability to critically judge this match, because all I was waiting for was, like, them to throw punches. You were waiting for a shoot, and then instead they just had a bad match. <laughs> okay. Well, I was wondering also, has any other news broken as far as what was what the hell was going on last week and if it's been resolved this week because why would you schedule this match if there are some sort of deep-seated issues that they're going to have ish like problems with 
it so it's so weird. Like so, the guy you know, Sean Rossap, the guy who from Fightful who reported this originally, he seems to have walked it back a little bit, and because because originally he basically said like they were shooting, and it seems very clear that they were not shooting. Um, Evelise was definitely not selling during that full Nelson spot, but I mean that doesn't mean that she was shooting. It just means that she's like not that good. So, um, or at least so, it wasn't in that case. And like, was she doing it on, she wasn't doing it on purpose to be... I think she might have been doing it on purpose just because she was, like, I don't know, like, unhappy about something. But, like, that's that's a lot different than, like, shooting, you know? Yeah. And Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, said, like, th- like there, there was no shooting. Like, and, and Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer Live said that, like, he had, he had asked around with his AEW sources and everyone said like there was no there was nothing like they were fine backstage there was nothing weird so well, you said that they were talking about it at NXT yeah I know so I don't know so I don't know what there there are definitely people who have a different a very different impression of what went down um but the majority of people like reporters seem to come down on the side of the like maybe it was like a little contentious but certainly it wasn't it didn't break down into like a shoot okay because I for sure read into this one, and every time Evelise and Thunder Thunder Rosa were like facing each other, I was like, "Oh shit, they're gonna punch each other." I mean, they, and 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 they did a couple of spots to, that seemed to be playing off of that, where they would like kind of like roll around and like and throw punches at each other on the ground, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I think they were definitely at least, which you know is smart. I would do that too if I were them. I would say like, "Well, shit, like people are talking about this. Let's let's like make something of it." But. I thought I just thought the match wasn't very good. It, I was too focused on those two. Yeah. I'm gonna admit that I was like, "Where is the drama?" Uh, so when Sheeta and Demonte were in, I I kind of wasn't paying as close attention. You're right. But um, Thunderosa and Sheeta did get the win, which should surprise no one that a team of two champions beat out Evilise and. Diamante, yeah, non-champions. I, you know, they had like kind of a cool shot at the end where um, the referee or like a ring attendant like put their their championships next to each other in a corner of the ring after the match, and then they like kind of walked over together and both picked up their titles and just kind of looked at each other. I was like, all right, this, they're still gonna go back to this. Mm-hmm. I really like Thunderosa. I wish she could be full time. In- yeah, which yeah. obviously she's in another company, but she seems really cool. She's great. She's been, I mean, I said this last week, but she's been such a great value add um, to the promotion. Yeah, I, I really enjoy her. And yeah. I, I like how um, trilingual she is. Yeah. She's killing it. <sighs> okay, well, I'm admittedly a little disappointed there wasn't more drama i mean i'm glad on the good person side of me that there wasn't but the gossip love inside of me really wanted to know where this story kind of landed and it sounds (sighs) disappointing from that perspective yeah it's just it was just kind of like i don't know if there was something they clearly worked it out you know that's i mean that's good overall i mean the The messy bitch that loves drama in me is like, give me 
like spill the tea, mm-hmm. you know. But, but overall, I don't think <laughs> I think it's better that there isn't any trauma. I just want to hear about it if it happens. But anyway, let's go backstage. Dasha is interviewing Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho says he respects the balls on Isaiah Cassidy because he had the courage to challenge him and he'll be a big star one day, but it's not going to be next week because obviously Chris Jericho is going to destroy him. Um, MJF walks over to interrupt this interview and they have one of their weird passive-aggressive exchanges that's similar to last week. But, oddly enough, they kind of talk it out. Like, they both reach a point where they ask each other, so why'd you call me a loser? And MJF says, I wasn't calling you a loser, guy. I was I was talking to the limo driver. He was, did you see how he approached the parking? It was very reckless. And Chris Jericho is like, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I was calling Tony Shivani a loser, because have you seen him? loser and then they did did really weird tony impressions yep and it's like okay and so each of them accepted this explanation from the other and they like kind of parted on good terms this was great this was such like i love them together and it's clear they're gonna wrestle each other at some point but it doesn't have to be soon and they're just you know this company likes to do slow burns yeah yeah Uh, yeah and they seem so Similar that, of course, they hate each other. Mm-hmm. But secretly inside, where you tell a therapist about it. Yeah. All right, with that done, and them being, I think, kind of good friends after this, we move on to the main event, and that is Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. We do not end up with a new champion, thank God. John Moxley, he gets the win. He bulldog chokes Eddie Kingston, but to give Kingston credit, he does not tap. He just passes out. Just like that, uh, Brody, right? Yep. And that is how the match ends. Is or ends right there. Uh, so Andy, I'm gonna give you the the forum here because this is a full on mean guy match, but not in a fun, fast paced way. So I was kind of like, eh on it the whole time and i think part of it's eddie kingston sure okay I, I i understand i really liked it it was like a um they were kind of like doing like a tribute to all japan pro wrestling 1997 um and uh with eddie kingston playing the role of toshiaki kawada which uh was called out by excalibur and jim ross was very dismissive of like oh yeah everybody knows that yeah jim ross totally (laughs) i like when jim ross is sassy um but uh yeah as someone who is a big fan of that style of wrestling i and and, you know and uh especially like those kinds of matches i uh i was a big fan of it and i liked all the homages they did and uh yeah i just really liked it and they with the with the choke out not tap out finish it seemed like they they left some room for some more stuff down the road like when eddie gets you know i think eddie is going to end up being really over through his like promos and and stuff so i could see this being a pay-per-view match at some point and you know down the line he's over because of his all lives matter can't matter until black lives matter shirt he's over with jenny yeah <laughs> that's the only way he's over with me <laughs> 
I yeah, just I like I the can't. match. I I didn't think so. I thought it was the second best match of the week. I thought Ben Carter versus Scorpio Sky was like my favorite match of the week, but this was my second favorite. So not to take away from either of those matches, but it sounds like you didn't overall love this episode. It was okay. I, I liked it. Um, because I liked because I had two really good matches. I liked this and I liked the Hangman Page uh, Evil Uno match too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds like maybe you didn't really like this match. So if you didn't like this main event, or this show, if you didn't like this main event, uh, I just, I just didn't connect with this main event, and it's a. I completely acknowledge it's a me thing, not a them thing. Um, but yeah, I think overall there wasn't. I liked. I think I got all hyped for the dark classic, and then, <laughs> and then, dynamite itself was like kind of a come down off that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also I I just before we wrap up want to say like after the match the Lucha brothers ran out and attacked Moxley and then to kind of give Will Hobbs some credit, he didn't get his six man match, but he did get to run out to make the save and then unfortunately got double super kicked by the Lucha Bros. But before then, that, he hit Phoenix with, like, the highest spine buster, I think, in history. He did, which was, like, it was, like, him paired with Phoenix, because everything Phoenix does is beautiful. It just looked so wonderful. Yeah. It's great. Um, but, yeah, he ended up getting super kicked, and then and then Darby made an appearance and ran out and started hitting people with his skateboard, but ultimately Ricky Starks came out and speared him. And it kind of just, like, degenerated into chaos after that. Where the Ricky Starks spear looked really good. He, Ricky Starks is actually, like, I don't know, like, surprising me as far as how much I like him. But, um, but he's the bad guy, you know? FYI, Brian Cage was on that Warrior Wrestling show I was talking about earlier. So, I don't know, he wasn't here. Oh, my God. Guys, stop doing other dates. Um... The only thing I'll say is that I think this is at least the third time in the history of this promotion that the lights have gone out and the big reveal has been Darby Allen. <laughs> that's that's his move. Yep. I, it, it's his vibe, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Very spooky. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of degenerated after that, and then ultimately where we ended up was the baddies are the victors. I was thinking maybe like uh, I don't know how Ricky Starks fits in, but I was thinking maybe six man tag next week, um, Moxley and Hobbs and Darby versus Kingston and Lucha Brothers. Yeah, I think that would be a suitable replacement for the the one we were expecting with Lance. I want to see Mox work with Phoenix. Oh my God, he'd be a great base. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you are the one who has info on next week's show because you know i tune out during those preview cards yeah well that's true yeah <laughs> so that was dynamite and we will uh preview the show of course uh but first uh we're gonna do news and jenny i think has a couple of news items she wants to share so a lot of the roster is enjoying the jacksonville thursday night football game at what looks like to be like half of the upstairs like bar suite area that we saw in the stadium stampede um i've seen the jacksonville 
mascot. Um, do a move. Was it? You saw the move. Like a bulldog. Well, no, but what did he do to it? He, he did a bulldog. Oh, is that is that yeah. what the moves called? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the Jacksonville mascot is wrestling out there? Yeah, he did a bulldog on Sammy Guevara into that pool. <gasps> oh no, Guevara cannot escape this this situation. I know, I know. And then it looks like during halftime, they just showed the stadium stampede on the big screen. Oh, good for oh them. Oh my god, that's awesome. That's really good. A lot of crossover. Yeah. I wonder what, like, the football fans thought of that. I don't know. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Jackson DeVille, that is the name of the uh, the mascot. Oh, okay. By the way, as as we are speaking right now, it is early in the fourth quarter, and the Jaguars are getting killed by the Dolphins, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, stuff happens. Stuff does happen. <sighs> Uh, let's talk ratings. We talked about those uh, the Wednesday night rate or those Tuesday night ratings, and they were really good. And the Wednesday night ratings were maybe not quite as good. Uh, we saw a little bit of a dip from last week as Dynamite did eight hundred thirty-five thousand viewers, um, a point three two rating, and finished ninth place. Uh, there so was... they finished the same place that they did at twelve thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, so here's the mitigating factors. One, it's easier to get a good rating with a one-hour show than a two-hour show. Because, you know, just people are less inclined to stay around for a whole two-hour show, as Raw proves with its three-hour show every single week. And uh, there was not just an NBA game last night, but also an NHL Stanley Cup Finals game. Uh, So there was more sports competition. Do people actually watch hockey? More than watch Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> Some Canadians. Yeah. So uh, they were down six percent uh, from from last week, but still still a good uh, good amount of viewers and a, a handy win over NXT as usual. And as for uh, next week, Dynamite, FTR versus SCU in a twenty minute time limit match for the championships. But if SCU doesn't beat them they lose the match which is weird but whatever chris jericho versus isaiah cassidy and darby allen versus ricky stark so i guess we are not going to get that uh that six-man tag because darby's going to wrestle ricky damn yeah but uh yeah and then the week after that october 7th the 30th anniversary of chris jericho (laughs) yep i saw that graphic yeah that's wild so that'll that should be a fun show. Lots of a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah, and then one week later, the anniversary show: Moxley versus Archer. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Although everybody be safe. Every yeah, truly everybody be safe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so hey everybody, thanks for listening, Megan. Thanks for uh, you know your excellent recaps and 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 doing the doing the extra work this week of of watching a third hour of Dynamite. And Jenny, no thank problem. you for paying attention to Instagram and uh, giving us all those hot scoops on the Jags game. Okay. Yeah. Well, for Megan and for Jenny, I'm Andy. Thanks for listening to the Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat.